First, we heard one of the alternate jurors, a woman who didn't know she was an alternate. We heard her say that she didn't want to go through the riots and the destruction again, and she was worried that someone would show up to her house and retaliate. This, of course, in the Derek Chauvin trial. Then we heard about another juror who came out and talked about his time on the jury. This time, a photo emerged showing him wearing a shirt that said, get your knee off our necks, Black Lives Matter. He had attended a Black Lives Matter rally where some of the speakers were family members of George Floyd. This man, as a juror, said he would be impartial and also said in a questionnaire that he did not attend any of these protests pertaining to police brutality. I suppose he's trying to play the semantic game of, well, the rally was something totally different in D.C. That was about, you know, Martin Luther King Jr., not police brutality, even though Floyd's family spoke there about police brutality. So, yeah, he lied. And now this, on top of a whole bunch of other reasons, has the the defense, the defense lawyer for Derek Chauvin, filing for a new trial to impeach, as it were, the verdict, essentially overturning it. This isn't just an appeal. This is outright saying we need a new trial because this whole thing was broken. Now, a lot of media outlets are saying it's about this one juror. It actually doesn't even mention the juror for the most part. It just mentions juror misconduct, which is probably all you really need. And then maybe when he goes to argue it. But I'll tell you this. He's presenting this to, to the, the judge in the case as if that judge is going to give them a new trial. The judge thinks it's fair, right? We'll see how this plays out. We got a bunch of other stories, though, in Louis, I think it's in Louisville. A guy pulled a gun on a Black Lives Matter protest. and uh, Actually, they pulled the gun first, I think, and then this other guy pulls a gun. Tensions are getting hot. So we're going to talk all about this. Joining us today is the ever-wonderful former congressional candidate and founder of Red Renaissance, Kim Klasik. Thanks for having me. Do you want to briefly introduce yourself? Sure. Uh, so I ran in Maryland's Congressional District Number 7. This is my second time here. Again, thanks for having me back. Different building. Um, yes. yes. <laughs> Beautiful. Um, and, you know, I wasn't successful in my bid, but I learned a lot, right? You fail, you fail forward. You learn those lessons. And uh, even though we lost, like I said, you know, we, we got a lot gained. And so we started a pack called Red Renaissance, and we're supporting minority candidates across uh, the entire country that are running in the districts they grew up in, that they've been doing community work in, and they're more America First candidates. So we the people not towing the party line. Cool. Right on. Ian's chilling. Yeah, hanging out, man. Ian Crossland, what up? Good to see you, buddy. And I am here in the corner pushing buttons. Happy to have Kim back with us again in our new studio. Oh, yeah. Man, I'm looking at all the stories we have pulled up, and I'm like, man, this summer is going to get nuts. It's just going to be fires and brimstone. But I got to say, it is ridiculous that if this guy wants to impeach the trial verdict, that he has to go to the same judge. It's great, isn't issued it? issued the thing. you gotta, <laughs> you got to appeal outside of what is the point. Right. Well, before we get into all that, go to TimCast.com and become a member by clicking this big old blue members only button. You can then go to the members area where we have a bunch of exclusive segments for members only. Really, really great stuff. People seem to really love these two, these two, two of these videos. We had Jim Hansen talking about California, New York, New York losing congressional seats. We also did this really great discussion with Michael Knowles about God, faith, and religion, and spirituality, and science, and DMT, and all of that crazy stuff. But we're definitely going to have a members-only exclusive up tonight after the show. So if you want to see this, you got to become a member. In the event we get banned, which I think is increasingly likely when you look at what's going on. I mean, look, if they're not going to get a fair trial for a cop, then I think it's fair to say it's going to get pretty bad for the rest of us. Censorship is probably going to get worse. And uh, 
Well, if you want to support us in the event that happens, you'll find all our content here at TimCast.com. You can become a member. Let's jump into this first story. Before we do, smash the like button, hit the notification bell, subscribe to this channel, and leave us a good review if you're listening on, an, on, a, on, a, on a podcast platform. Give us five stars. Here we go. Here's the, here's the big story. From WCCO, CBS Minnesota, Derek Chauvin's attorney files motion for new trial. They report, attorney Eric Nelson has filed a motion for a new trial for former Minneapolis police officer Derek Chauvin in the death of George Floyd. Nelson filed the motion on the grounds of juror misconduct and that the court abused its discretion for failing to agree to the defense's request for a change of venue and sequestering the jury. I'm going to stop right there. It's actually substantially more comprehensive than that. This kind of feels like local outlets are trying to downplay the defense as they keep doing. It's particularly annoying. So the filing comes in the midst of a controversy surrounding a photo of juror Brandon Mitchell at the March on Washington last August, last August, which included speeches from George Floyd's family members. He is seen wearing a t-shirt that says, get your knee off our necks. In his juror questionnaire, Mitchell wrote that he had not attended any protest over police brutality. Mitchell told WCCO Monday that he was at the march in support of ramping up voter turnout. That doesn't matter. They didn't ask, did you go to a police brutality protest for another reason? They said, did you? He said, no, he lied. Here's where it gets crazy. This dude is interviewed in a podcast called like Get Up Erica, I think it is. Get Up Mornings with Erica or something where he's asked about jury duty. He says, if you want to affect change, I'm paraphrasing, you got to get on these juries to affect change. I mean, right then and right, right there, you see his motivation. He wanted to get on the jury. He lied to get on the jury because he wanted a guilty verdict that is not impartiality. But let me pull up the actual file and then we'll start. We'll get into this. Take this out. So this is the actual legal filing. Notice of a motion and motion. They say to the above named court, the Honorable Peter A. Cahill, Judge of Hennepin County District Court and Matthew G. Frank, Assistant Minnesota Attorney General. Maybe the Attorney General will take this and go, gee, these are great arguments. I'm going to have a new trial for Chauvin. But I really doubt the ju- that Judge Cahill receiving this is going to do anything other than no, ignore it. So this is this is the defendant's notice of motions and post-verdict motions. They say they're they're filing a motion for an order granting a new trial, saying on the following grounds: the interest of justice, abuse of discretion, the depri- uh, the deprived that I'm sorry, abuse of discretion that deprived the defendant of a fair trial, prosecutorial and jury misconduct errors of law at trial, and a verdict that is contrary to law. The specific basis for this motion include, but, not li- but are not limited to, they, they say they didn't change the venue. They uh, abused its discretion when denied the motion for a new trial on the grounds of publicity during the proceedings, threatened the fairness of the trial. Say the court failed to sequester the jury. The state committed pervasive preju- uh, prejudicial prosecutorial misconduct, which deprived Chauvin of his constitutional rights to due process in a fair trial, including but not limited to disparaging the defense, improper vouching, and failing to adequately prepare its witnesses. The court abused its discretion and violated Chauvin's rights under the confrontation clause when it failed to order Maurice Hall to testify, or in the alternative, to admit into evidence Mr. Hall's statements to law enforcement regarding his interactions with Floyd. Maurice Esther Hall was, according to Floyd's girlfriend, their drug dealer, who was there with George Floyd. He pled the fifth. He, he pleaded the fifth. And there were questions from the defense as to why the prosecution would not grant him immunity and order subpoena him to testify. Maybe some people assume it's because they want to charge this man later with murder, with the murder of George Floyd, or at least have that open as an option. But they could have said, you'll be immune from prosecution. Now testifies to what happened. They didn't do it. 
We got more. The court abused its discretion when it submitted instructions to the jury that failed to accurately reflect the law with respect to second degree unintentional murder, third degree murder, and authorized use of force. They say it violated uh, Mr. Chauvin's rights when it permitted the state to present cumulative evidence with respect to use of force. That's interesting. I guess they're saying there should have been one expert saying, here's what the policy is and be done with it. But they brought in multiple people saying just different things. The court abused its discretion in violation of Chauvin's rights when it ordered the state to lead a witness on direct examination. They say they also failed. So here's, I think this is I, uh, in the, in the, uh, in the motion. It failed to order that a record be made of the numerous sidebars that occurred during trial. And they say, Jay, the cumulative effect of multiple errors in these proceedings deprived Mr. Chauvin of a fair trial in violation of his constitutional rights. And then it finally gets to two because it was one A, B, C, D, you know, you get it (laughs) Two. It says an order for a hearing to impeach the verdict pursuant to Minnesota R. Crim P 26.03 subdivision 206 and Schwartz v. Minneapolis suburban Busco on the grounds the jury committed misconduct, felt threatened or intimidated, felt race based pressure during proceedings and or failed to adhere to instructions during deliberations in violation of Chauvin's constitutional right to due process and a fair trial. They say a motion for an order granting the defense additional time to thoroughly brief the above issues and any other relief deemed fair and equitable equitable by the court. The motion is based upon the files and records in the case. Yada, you get the point. And I really, really doubt this will go anywhere. But okay, now that we've gotten through all that, the trial wasn't fair, in my opinion. I don't know what uh, what you guys think, and I don't think there's going to be a new trial. But if there is, I don't know how many buildings you think they'll burn down this time. Oh gosh, seven. <laughs> that's the problem. Seven. That's the problem. <laughs> seven. That's a great number. Um, a, good, a good, a good, solid number. Seven can't go wrong. I think it's going to be yeah. more than that. It's going to be at least seven. Yeah. So they can't put this appeal in until after sentencing, right? Isn't that how this works? This is a motion for a new trial. Okay. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure how it works. I'm not a lawyer. I don't think this is an appeal. I think they're outright saying the court is out of order. Y'all need to give us a new trial. I really doubt. The I judge doubt is, they're going to do that. The they're judge was all the judge already refused to do all of these things listed. Right. Like we're going to have a trial right here in the city while the city's on fire. <laughs> I'm sure the jurors will be fine about that. Dude, yeah. The guy had a Black Lives Matter shirt on at a protest. <laughs> the juror who says to affect change, you got to weasel your way. He didn't say weasel. Mm-hmm. Get. Get on these juries. You don't get on no, a jury no, to on. affect change. You get on a jury to be a neutral arbiter right. of the well, law. I, I actually agree with what he said. You, it, it's, it's not about like for activism purposes. You know, maybe I, I, dis- I disagree with the spirit of what he said. But the idea is, if you want to be, if you want positive change in your community, you've got to be active in civics. You got to get on juries. Yeah. You, and, and and when someone's accused of like, I'll tell you this: if I was on a jury, and this is what this, this will disqualify me from all future juries related to gun, you know, gun laws. If I was on a jury and they were like, this young man, you know, Chicago, inner city, young black man has a handgun. And they're like, he's being charged with felony possession. I'd be like, I, I vote to nullify jury nullification. That means you can, as a juror, choose to say he's not guilty, even if they instruct you. Like, they give you instructions where they say, if the law says you can't have a gun and you believe he had a gun, then he's guilty. You can go, nah, I don't think it should be illegal to have a gun. So if it were me on a jury, I'd be like, nullify. You, you got to have a pretty damn good case. To, to get beyond reasonable doubt. What do they do in those cases if you're like the lone juror that mistrial? So how long will they will they deliberate until they're like we can't? It's a mistrial. I mean, I don't know. I'm not a lawyer. I'd imagine it could be theoretically quick if you were just sitting there with your feet up. You're like, I will never change my mind. 
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Like, and then just plug your ears and go, nah, 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 nah. They might come out and be like, he's not going to budge. We're not unanimous. There's no, you know, not unanimous. So I wonder if they could charge this juror separately. Do you I know think what they mean? should. I think he should get. Uh, I think he should get perjury. Yeah, or something. They should. They should. But I don't. I mean, that wouldn't affect Chauvin anyway. So. No, I mean, if they did, it would. It would probably force a new trial. But they're not going to do it because. The, the 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 judicial system is, look, man. The, the 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 crazy terrorists got their way. They they went around smashing up buildings, setting fires, breaking windows, and, you know, uh, cowardly Cahill. That's what I call him. He's the judge. <laughs> Just gave in and didn't didn't treat this uh, appropriately. He could have he could have just said, "Look, we can't do the trial here." Any reasonable person would suggest as much, and he said no. He kept yeah. the trial in a, in a place that's just absolutely ridiculous. And then he made those comments about Maxine Waters. <laughs> Remember, right. he said, "Oh, this could end up in a right." And then he keeps going forward, and what? you're just like, "Dude, what?" He was, I, I, my opinion, he was scared that if he said, "Okay, we're going to move venue," he'd get the pig's head at his house. Yeah. You heard about the juror, I'm sorry, yeah. the, the witness who got a pig's head at his house. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I heard the yep. metaphor. I didn't know that actually happened during the Chauvin case. Yes, one of the witnesses for the defense, his old house had a pig's head and blood smeared on it. This is like mafia tactics. Mm. Dude, it's it's terrorism. And guess what? Hey, it worked. These people got what they wanted. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Honestly, a new trial, if you truly believe he's guilty, you, I, I can't imagine you would have a problem with another trial. You know what, man? We've already heard from these leftists who are saying, why do we even need a trial? We watched it on video. It's like, dude, because you have no idea. Like, man, man, um, imagine how how stupid that statement is because we've heard it from many leftists saying, we all saw it on video. Imagine I walk up to you, Ian, and I punch you in the face as hard as I can, right? And then you defend yourself, but when the police arrive, they say, you hitting me, mm-hmm. and you get arrested for it. That's like old school bully tactics. Yep. So... You can't just look at a video and say that, like, that's a definitive proof of something. Well, point in case, remember the Capitol Hill insurrection with Brian Sicknick. Remember it came out that he was hit with the fire extinguisher and that killed him? And then it came out later it was natural car, like natural causes. Right. And so everyone said, well, we saw the video. He got hit in the head. And then people were like, that's how he died. And then they came back and said, no, he had two strokes. You know... When I started doing all the live streaming stuff, I, I had journalists telling me, like, now that now that we have this, like, live on-the-ground reporting, you can't fake news anymore. And I was like, what do you mean? It's easier than ever to fake news. Live streaming has made it easier to fake news yeah. because people believe they're watching raw, real footage. It's so easy to just – it like, lying is always easy and, and, and abusing people's trust is always easy. It's, it's scary. It's unfortunate. And we can see how the corporate press takes advantage of that. So you can't just look at a video – and and we, most of us did. I think almost all of us did. We watched that video and we were angry about it. And then all of a sudden more information came out. And I think a lot of us got embarrassed that we jumped the gun on that one. I thought Chauvin was so guilty and villainous. And then I saw the second video mm. of, of uh, what's his name? Why can I not remember this guy's name Floyd? sometimes? Yeah, George Floyd. Yeah. Just like kicking and, and whining about how he can't breathe before he, he even like apprehended. He's in the car. Yeah, so. like pushing himself out of the cop car. and the gr- 
And then he's on drugs. I'm like, what? And he's on fentanyl and meth and like, oh yeah. my god. And but that that first video was burning my. It was still burning my brain. I was just able to kind of compartmentalize it. And I don't know if many people can do that. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, I thought it was weird. The defense attorney kept saying. Like in his closing statement, he said, any reasonable cop would have done this. Any reasonable cop would have done that. And I said, well, I don't know if any reasonable cop would have knelt on him for that long as he was already subdued. And I thought, to me, that was a hard sell, you know, because he was already in handcuffs. He wasn't really moving around. I thought any reasonable cop I know would have stood up. Except I think it was the prosecution's own witness who testified they did the same thing. Really? That, that's, that's why I'm like watching this trial and I'm just confused as to how this verdict came about. Other than the jury walked in the room. As soon as the door closed, one guy goes, I don't want anyone burning my house down. Can we just say guilty? We all agree guilty. Okay. But we can't just come out right now and say it. So how about we just order some pizza, watch Ratatouille, <laughs> yeah. come back in the morning and then say guilty and make it seem like a, a done deal. I would, I would think that maybe they could blur, obviously maybe not, but blur the jurors' faces out and the, modulate their voices and let us listen to the deliberation. I just feel mm. like at this time, anybody could be found out at this point. Yeah. And so I felt like, and then the way Maxine Waters was talking about it, I just felt like they had no way out. Man, if I was on a jury like that, I just I just put my feet up and be like, nah. And they'd be like, we all want to go home and no one wants their house burned down. I'll be like, okay. I got time. Yeah. Not guilty. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. Not guilty does not mean he's innocent of any wrongdoing. It means there's reasonable doubt. You don't have to prove his innocence. You just have to doubt the official story from the state. The state won. It's it's amazing. The state are the are are, are the, they they scapegoat Chauvin. He's the problem. But I, I, I want to mention this one one quick thing. Back to that earlier point. I'm pretty sure it was the prosecution's witness that on cross examination by the defense was asked. Have you ever sub- subdued somebody and held them down until EMS arrived? And he said, yes, I have. It's like, okay, thank you. So the jury yeah. can hear that. You also had the use of force experts say Chauvin could have used a less, uh, 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 he could have used more force if he wanted to. He chose not to. And then the, the Nelson, the defense was like, so Chauvin chose to use a lesser force option instead of just immediately tasing him. He could him. have tased him, right? Yeah. Tased yeah. him unconscious, basically. He, Chauvin could have jumped out of a car, walked right up and just stuck the taser right into Floyd. According to... The state's own witness. So it's it's very, very obvious. There's no fair and impartial jury here. And I, I'd be really surprised if Coward Lee Cahill actually decided to do this. No, nah, the city doesn't care. They're all crooked. They're all corrupt. They're just th- – th- look, look, look. I warned about this a year ago, a year before this. The more the mob wins in thing, in situations like this, the more they're allowed to get away with this violence. Like now in Portland we're hearing they're, they're dropping felony charges even on Antifa people who confessed – the more they do this, the more people realize they're untouchable, the more you'll get judges dropping to their knees and, 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 and just groveling and begging them to leave them alone. This is so wrong that it would, this appeal thing, or this goes to that judge. That's so wrong. This should go to a, a higher court or to some external authority that can replace the judge if it's found that there was impropriety that he overlooked. Bro, it's, 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 you're right. You're absolutely right. And I think it's just at this point, I think we need to recognize what's happening. And uh, here's what's happening. Fox News. Most Portland riot suspects won't be prosecuted, U.S. attorney reveals. Charges have been dismissed against 58 of the 97 people arrested during the unrest last year. Here's my favorite part. David Bochard admitted he put a Customs and Border Protection officer in a chokehold. Charles Comfort was indicted by a grand jury of civil disorder for twice charging at Portland police officers and hitting them with a shield and kicking a third officer while being arrested. 
both men faced federal charges stemming from their actions. But Bochard and Comfort are among dozens of Portland federal arrestees whose cases were dismissed or are being deferred without so much as a day behind bars. What does that mean, deferred? So they basically say, we're not going to do anything right now. We could later on, then eventually it expires or something. So uh, they admitted it. Like literally a dude admits to attacking cops. This is why I've been I've been harsh on on the remain the police that are remaining right now. Okay, so so why is this happening though? Because the police are arresting them, Antifa, these rioters, and they're bringing them in, and then the DA, right, who is an elected official, right, then says Antifa, you're free to go. It's not the police. So yeah. it's like it's it's like a, a sorting algorithm where the cops just are grabbing people, and they're like, I'm a neutral neutral enforcer of the law, and then once they send all the people to the DA, the DA goes. Uh, are you a Democrat? You're free to go. Are you far left? You're free to go. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Is that a MAGA hat? <laughs> Lock him up. Throw the book at him. Uh, progressive? Oh, sorry about that. Sorry for wasting your time. Ah, uh, conservative. Lock him up. Yeah. Do you take a look at what's going on, what, what happened in New York with like the Proud Boys fighting with Antifa? Proud Boys got four years in prison. Oh, yeah. Antifa ran away. Now, I guess that's the fault of the Proud Boys for trusting cops. That's really, that, I find that really funny. That these are the kind of people that go around saying like, thank you, officer. Thank you. So when, after they got into a fight with Antifa and the cops show up, the Proud Boys were like, hello, officer. Thank you. Here's my name and information. And the cops smiled and said, <laughs> now I'm going to lock you in prison for four years. Antifa, they're free to go because they left. And, th- and, that, and that's, that's, that's what I find particularly funny about all this, that we've now got, what, a year of the far left and Antifa being cut loose. They keep arresting them. They keep getting let go. Conservatives are getting like solitary confinement for what happened in D.C., yeah. just like really brutal conditions. You look at Chauvin, you look at what's going on with Rittenhouse, and conservatives are still sitting there. Not all of them. A lot of them have actually abandoned cops at this point. But they're still sitting there going like, eh, I think it's okay that cops are arresting conservatives and putting them in prison. And then Antifa gets cut loose. I'm like, no, nah, I think that's pretty bad. If we stay on that track in like a year, what do you think is going to happen? All of the conservative activists who so much as step foot outside or dare open their small business, they'll get locked up. Antifa can go and burn a building down, and the DA is going to be like, I'm so sorry we wasted your time, sir. I'm so sorry. Okay, okay, I, I, I got to pull back the hyperbole a little bit. The guy who burned down the police department, at least, he's getting prison time. Yeah. But a bunch of these people who actually set fires, like one lady, uh, she, she got charged with like multiple. No, actually, I think if you set a building on fire and they catch you, you're going to get arrested. They're, gonna, they're actually going to hold you. But the people who are literally attacking cops are getting away with it. One lady had like five felonies. They dropped the charges, let her go with no bail. And then she set fire to the police building, the union building in Portland. And then they arrested her and then released her with no bail again. Oh, my gosh. That's why I'm like, maybe it's time to get out of the cities and just, you know, be responsible for yourself because you can't, you can't trust the system to do its job anymore. The, the, I, we've, we've been seeing these stories for months now that far-left district attorneys have been getting elected. And these are people like, you know, Kim Fox, who dropped the charge against Jesse Smollett. These are the kind of people you're getting. So, sure, the cops are, are just following the law. I'm sorry, man. If these people keep electing Democrats who keep passing insane laws and electing progressive district attorneys who won't prosecute progressives, uh, you can tell me the cops being neutral, but they're just propping up 
these corrupt Democrats and these corrupt DAs. So, so what you're saying, I think what you're introducing is like this two-sided coin where conservatives need to both leave the big cities where this is happening. Because let's be real, if those conservatives hadn't been in that crowd with Antifa, they never would have been arrested in the first place. But they have a right to demonstrate whatever as long as they're not being violent. What do you, what do you mean in the conservatives in the crowd? So why, what, the people who were arrested alongside of Antifa in Portland. What do you mean? So, like, the people who went in and the DA just throws the book at them in these big blue cities. So, in New York, for instance, Proud Boys were at an event. Right. And Antifa was outside protesting. And everywhere the Proud Boys tried going, Antifa would be, like, staying on the street and hollering at them. One guy got robbed. They stole his backpack. So, the Proud Boys charged at Antifa, got into a fight, and then walked away gloating and laughing about it and live streaming it. Antifa ran off. And then when the cops came, the Proud Boys were like, thank you, officer. We appreciate it. And then the cops slapped cuffs on them. And, you know, not right at that moment. They got indicted for gang violence. So I'm not saying literally at Antifa protests, the cops are going and arresting conservatives. However, there was one instance, I think it was in Portland, where a bunch of conservatives were out protesting and the cops literally guarded a bunch of Antifa. I think it's I think I just find that hilarious. And then we did see, you know, some people throw their Blue Lives Matter, the, the, the thin blue line flags in the dirt and stomp on them. But I just like, you know, in, in, in this uh, town south of Minneapolis, this woman got a, got a couple of arrest warrants, I think like nine charges because she opened her wine and coffee bar. And huh. the cops tracked her down in a different state, like 30 miles away in a different state, and uh, arrested her and brought her back. And she's going to be charged with all these crimes. Meanwhile, the far left gets away with, I mean, literally a couple dozen people died in these riots. It's going to keep happening. I'm thinking about, maybe we'll talk about this later. There's a video I just saw of a cop pulling a girl over who was like driving with their kid and was started screaming at him that he was a murderer. Yeah. Did you guys see oh, yeah. yeah. He was a, he was a Latino cop. That, yeah. yeah. And then yeah. she was calling him like, you'll never be white. You wish you were. You can't be. You, you're, you're useless. And I was just thinking about the kid. Like, the Hitler youth, Hitler made sure to get little kids involved early to brainwash what? them when they were like nine. Yeah. What do you think they're doing in schools right now? Mm, exactly. Yeah. And so I'm afraid of what these kids, not just next, Next year, what's going to happen? But like in seven years, when these six-year-olds and nine-year-olds are like becoming politically active, how dangerous that brainwashing yeah. is. I mean, yep. this mom saying that horrible stuff, and she's a teacher. Yes. Maybe. To a cop right in front of him and didn't get even reprimanded Well, the, the, for the, it. the funny thing is, I guess what happened was the cop drove past her. So she pulled out. She was driving, and she pulls out her phone. So he pulls her over, and then she's <laughs> like, I pulled out my phone to record you. It's like he's just driving down the street. Are you nuts? Right. Yeah, these people have gone insane. And I blame, to a, to a great degree, social media. It's empowering these lunatics. Then, then you have the grifters on the left who don't care. They just want to make money, so they'll just say whatever. Then you have the true believers who are just loving it. They're, they're, they're loving the media. They're loving the social media. They're loving the manipulation. And then you get seemingly regular people losing their minds and screaming that this cop is a murderer who wants to be white. If I'd seen my mom do that when I was eight, to a cop, I would have lost so much respect for cops and felt so empowered to just just trash that that establishment. Oh, treat like they're nothing. They're never going to harm me. I can do whatever I want in this world as long as I call them racist or, or denigrate them for the way they look. I'm not going to blame every single cop in every single jurisdiction for what we're seeing in these big cities, but these big city cops are bad because well, the, the good ones have left. From, okay, so we have a situation in Baltimore. We have a very far left progressive state's attorney, Marilyn Mosby. And it's unfortunate because I've talked to police officers. They say, you know, we arrest people. We take them to central booking, but it doesn't matter because they're just going to let them go free. 
And so now we have a situation where cops really aren't out doing their job because they're sick of it because they're like, why would I be there? Number one, I could get in a conflict and be called racist if something happens between a white cop and a black person. And then two, they're just going to let them go free. You know, we have 11 time repeat offenders on our streets doing violent crimes and it's insane. And so, you know, our state's attorney, she's already said she's not going to prosecute any low level crimes. So you can be a drug dealer. You can be a prostitute. You can be all of these things, uh, but you better wear a mask. So <laughs> and you can't yeah. have a gun. You can't have a gun. Yes. Oh, well, the law abiding citizens. Right, right, right. The criminals, no concealed carry permits right, for yeah, you. Yeah. 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 There's 11 time. <clears throat> we had offenders. someone that was arrested, an 11 time repeat offender, and he ended up killing someone. Oh. And so now he's finally, I guess, locked up. We'll see. But, uh, I mean, it's like crazy. Say, you know, 11th time, 11th time is the charm. <laughs> yes. 11th time, the charm. That's what they say, <laughs> That's yeah. What saying. <laughs> 11th. Yeah. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Yeah, I'm not surprised at all by cops in Baltimore just being like, why would I do this? And I wouldn't be yeah. surprised if then they start quitting. And then you have a shortage, which is oh, we do. Kind of We're down seven hundred police officers, oh and I think they said five hundred more should be on patrol, considering the population. But we just don't have it. And you know why that is? Because the good cops left. Yeah. Because the cops who are like, I'm not going to support the crooked politicians. I'm not going to waste my time. I'm going to leave, and I respect them for doing it. Yep. The 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 political system is broken in these places, and unfortunately. You know, uh, if, if you, if, if you live in these places and you want to know who the guilty party is, you need only look in a mirror to, uh, throw, th- shout out to V for Vendetta. The regular people who keep voting in these Democrats. I mean, look, they, they had an opportunity to elect you. Thank they you. voted for the other guy. <laughs> they did. Yeah. So they, they did. so I, 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 growing up in Chicago, it's on, it's been under Democrat supermajority for like 80 years and it never gets better. It only gets worse. And yet you have people complain about it all day, every day. And I still hear from these people, just make sure when you go vote, you vote Democrat. And I'm like, why? Look, I don't care what party they are. Vote for the person you think is going to do a good job. But how about we stop this single party rule in these big cities? Because now what's going to happen is the cops aren't going to do their job. 700 officer shortage in Baltimore. It's going to get less safe. It's going to get more chaotic. And then are people actually going to wake up to the, to the, to the, to, to the fact that they're voting in bad people? No. They probably will just leave. It's a cyclical problem, too. Mm-hmm. You mentioned earlier, like, if a DA lets people go, it's like, are you going to vote for Trump? Okay, you're free to go. Are you? Get in there. Like, literally, whether they mean to or not, or maybe they do mean to, that's political. Well, a political party is, is deciding the fate of these criminals. Mm-hmm. You realize in Portland, when this guy admits to attacking a federal officer, and I believe it's a felony, they're, they're, I, I, how much you want to bet at least one of these people has thought, if we actually charge this guy and convict him, he can't vote Democrat anymore. <gasps> felons, yeah, you know, right. it's dark, but it's not even that dark. We should, we, should, we should cut these felons loose and not charge them so they can retain their right to vote because they, they, we know they're going to vote for our guy. And they're making Trump look bad. Uh, but you get a conservative in New York and they're going to be like, give those people <laughs> felonies so that they can never vote again. And there you go. And then still, they're... Uh, I find it really fascinating. I do. Um, when I have conversations about big tech with, with some conservatives, 
And they're like, we shouldn't regulate these big tech companies. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, in 10 years when your ideology no longer exists, don't come crawling to me and, you know, asking for help to spread the word. I'm not going to do it. If there's no free speech and these big tech companies are not regulated, the same thing's happening now with cops. There are, there are a lot of conservatives, surprisingly, that are tweeting, the city's voted for this, let them have no cops. But I still see a lot of conservatives who are like, no, 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 we have to support the officers in New York. And I'm like, dude, the officers in New York, the officers in New York are literally committing crimes. Like we went over this the other day when, when Bill de Blasio illegally appropriates money to, to paint Black Lives Matter with taxpayer funds in front of Trump's uh, building. And then 27 officers stand guard and, and arrest anyone who opposes the illegal actions of the mayor. Like they're aiding and abetting a very serious crime and corruption. Do they know he broke the law to get that thing painted? Ignorance of the law is no excuse for breaking it. Especially right? for a cop. I mean, yeah. You, you, listen, if, if someone's, if, if someone says, hey, come with me, and they walk into a bank and they hand you a bag and say, hold this bag and then pull out a gun, and then you're standing there like, I wonder what's happening. <laughs> like, you're gonna get in trouble. You're helping the criminal. So in these cities, you, you have these cops who are literally aiding and abetting criminal activities from very, very corrupt politicians, and, 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 and they're saying, it's not my fault. I, I didn't do it. If, you know, someone else should do something about it. It's not me. This, you, well, you voted for it. And I'm like, okay, you all voted for it. Okay, if, if everybody in this city, they get exactly what they deserve. The conservatives who remain after losing these elections, before the election, I wasn't saying this. After the election, I say, maybe you got to leave these places. Because otherwise, what's going to happen is, over a long enough period of time, progressive district attorneys, okay? it's it's You, you, ever, go to, you ever go to a casino? You guys have been to a casino. Oh, yeah. Okay. You know casinos win? The games just have a slight margin in their favor. So when you win $10,000 off a $10 bet somehow or whatever you're playing— and you're all cheering. The casino's happy. They like that. You know why? Because everyone around you hears the celebration yeah. and they start gambling more. And all that matters is that if the house wins 50.1% of the time, they're profitable. Over a long enough period of time, they will win and keep getting money. If these big cities are run by corrupt far leftists and, and just de Blasio people like him who are stealing money and you have cops supporting them over a long enough period of time, the left and the right could be arrested in equal numbers. The right will go to prison. The left will be released in 10 years. What does that, what does that mean? A bunch of conservative felons who can't vote and a bunch of insane violent offenders who are voting to their heart's content. So I think what we need to do with the, pro- with the issue that we have with policing is we need to separate for conservatives. We need to separate out the idea, the concept of policing from the actual police who are enforcing these bad laws because they are bad laws. This is in fact what is voted for. There are cops who are doing bad things out there and arresting like small business owners and parents who are just trying to work. The idea of policing, I think, is very important. Conservatives are inclined towards structure. They want organization, accountability, and responsibility, which is what we're losing. So we need to separate out these terrible cops that we have right now in these big cities who are enforcing bad laws from the actual idea, the underlying idea of police as a whole. Policing. But how do you how do you how do you, how do you how do you even do that? Isn't I don't know. Yeah. Robot. So so even Robots. this. This woman who got arrested for opening her cafe, yeah. she was arrested by a local sheriff's department, you know, 40 miles outside, or I think, well, like 50 miles outside of Minneapolis. So this was a small town sheriff's department, tracked her down and said, how dare you try and serve coffee during a pandemic and arrested her. That's crazy to me because the small town sheriffs are supposed to be like 
in your community and understand where you're coming from yeah. and like that you want to have your own business and you're supposed to have that camaraderie and it looks like we're losing that too well, which seems sad you want to know what happens next oh boy if these things keep continuing i'm excited we got the story from the daily mail the moment louisville diner pulls handgun on armed blm protesters after they surround upmarket restaurant during kentucky derby demonstration for brandon taylor the unidentified man is thought to have been eating at upmarket La Chasse, uh, I don't know how to pronounce it, on Saturday night when he confronted the group of around 50 people. Uh, no, they confronted him. He was sitting at a table eating and they came up to him. I love how they frame these things. They had been marching ahead of the 147th Kentucky Derby over Taylor's death at the hands of police. Footage shows as the diner points his handgun, uh, footage shows as the diner points his handgun as protesters, at protesters, protesters who shouted him. A female demonstrator urges the protesters to continue moving down the block. A police spokesperson confirmed that the protesters were also armed. There were at least five arrests. Charges include possession of a handgun by a convicted felon, failure to disperse and evading police, according to reports. Well, I will just uh, uh, say very quickly, possession of a handgun by a convicted felon, that's not, that, that should not be a crime. Uh, you shouldn't lose your right to keep and bear arms simply because you've been committed of a crime, in my opinion. But I digress. This is what we're going to start seeing. <laughs> I mean, we've already seen the, the you know, in Portland when was, I think it was Aaron Danielson took two to the chest from the Antifa guy. Yeah. We're going to see more of this. We saw it with the McCloskeys, Antifa, BLM riots. They're going to be marching through. Regular people are going to say enough. And I got to pay, pay homage to uh, V for Vendetta again. That scene at the end of the movie where the inspector is narrating and he says, eventually someone will do something stupid. And it shows the cop shoot the little girl who's like wearing the mask and refusing to abide by the law. It's not one for one. It's not identical. But eventually someone will do something stupid. The, the, the rioters will show up to a, a restaurant and they'll show up in the wrong neighborhood. And a bunch of the dudes there are going to be armed and they're going to draw their guns. And then one of these rioters start shooting somebody. Or the other way around. Someone shoots back. Yeah. Well, it's definitely going to get worse before it gets better. Um, it's definitely going to get dangerous. And that's the problem. But I, I don't think... I feel like Democrats are okay with this. You know what I mean? I think they're okay with it even getting violent because they want to show like, look, look at these conservatives. They're unhinged. They're violent. They're domestic terrorists. You know, that's how they want to frame us. So I think that's why we're going to continue seeing this cycle. Well, the problem is the people who vote for Democrats don't pay attention to anything. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I, so, I learned that. <laughs> so you don't even need conservatives to do anything. This is the other problem conservatives are having right now. I, I, it's just... The, Conservatives seem to think that even though they're being cheated, if they keep playing, they'll eventually win. Like something we described yesterday. It's like imagine you're playing Monopoly watching, you know, this this person take money out of the bank and just cheat. And you're like, well, as long as I keep playing, maybe I'll eventually get it. It's like, no, they're cheating, dude. Yeah. The, the, yeah. the media. Look, the Democrats come out and they're like the biggest threat we face. White supremacy in the far right. And there's like one riot from the from from the right in in you know like a year or two years or I mean probably a lot longer than that, and then you have on the left just a year of buildings being burned, just destroyed to rubble. You had that guy at the sports bar in Minnesota where he shows up the next day after the riots, and as he's walking in, they're stealing his safe, and oh, he's yeah. on camera crying. But don't worry, the FBI is not going after those people. But they found a pole rope in a garage in a NASCAR. They sent out a dozen plus <laughs> agents for that one. Yeah. Then you get the, the Capitol and they got billboards and they got photos and CNN's still talking about it. It's because they have a large base of really, I don't want to be mean, but let's just say really ignorant people who don't care. 
right? So, so Biden's ratings are in the gutter. CNN's ratings in the gutter. MSNBC, they're all in the gutter because these people don't care at all. They don't watch the news. They're tribalists. They just want to fit in and say whatever, to, whatever they have to say. And conservatives think playing a game against them, they're going to win it. Yeah. I don't think so. You know, uh, I think it was Michael Malice. He tweeted something earlier. Someone said something really dumb to him. And he responded with, I don't understand how people can be so black-pilled when we're up against this. And it was like a really dumb person tweeting. And I, my response was, zombies are really dumb, but when they're in hordes, they overrun you. Mm-hmm. And that's what's happening right now. And they don't sleep. Right. That I know of. The zombies don't sleep. <laughs> I don't think so. I think, I think liberals do sleep, but okay. Yeah. I think that the military-industrial complex needs a villain to whip people into a fear frenzy. And now they're just using this Capitol riot on the 6th. CNN's complicit. Because Trump's gone? Yeah, Trump's gone. We're not at war with a with a greater foe at the moment, so they're looking inward to find a terror. I think I think they just are trapped in a time warp. Like January twentieth came and then, you know, Joe Biden becomes president and then Brian Stelter just like hit an invisible wall and then he like freaks out and he's banging, like ooh, ooh, like watching everyone walk away and he can't get past this invisible barrier and he's just trapped in January twentieth for, for eternity. Like that's a, a, that think about how like a that's like a, a oh, that's a good idea for a horror movie yeah. too. It's like Groundhog Day. <laughs> Some serious cash to watch Brian Stelter's dreams. Oh really? <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. I'd be curious. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Like what is, is he? Does he dream about guilt? Does it's like a, guilt? it's like it's like he's in the middle of the night and there's an he's in an old rickety you know house just totally dilapidated and he's like walking through the halls confused. There's a thunderstorm and like lightning and then like the hallway is completely black. But when the lightning flashes, there's just Trump standing in the back and he goes and then he's crap. running. But then when he gets to the door, he, he goes through the door to get out of the house like and the then, door is Mike Pence. And no, no, like, no, 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 no. Gets really big. All as soon as he goes through the door, he immediately comes through the back door back into the house yeah. and he's like, no, he's no. a man. And he's tweeting. Trump is here. Trump is here. And then everyone else in the real world can see his messages and they think that he's just lost his mind, but he's really trapped in this time vortex surrounded by evil Trumps <laughs> mm. or he's just obsessed with Trump yeah. and can't stop talking about it. I, I like it, my version better. I think yeah. scarier to Brian Stelter with Trump not being there because he has nothing to talk about or focus on. Uh, Ian, I don't think it's a military industrial complex. I think it's the deep state or whatever they called it, like the unelected officials who stay in power, That's, the people who want. But I, I don't like the whole deep state thing because it implies that the permanent politicians aren't part of it. Mm. No, like Nancy Pelosi gets elected no matter what. That's Interesting. True. She just like stands there and then just like stands on a stage and farts and they're like, yeah, and they vote for her. I yeah. wonder if that's part of it. Like those people that are in office for 40 years are kind of co-opted by that system, whether they're like shaking hands with the people that are making the decisions or not. I don't know. I think the system is just always going to prop up the most vapid and awful people. That's so terrible. I mean, Kim didn't win. Ugh. No offense, but <laughs> you. you know, yes. the good people... <laughs> Don't get it. You end up with people like Kinzinger. Did it get Pelosi? Twisted like <laughs> it didn't always used to be twisted, right? It used to Abe Lincoln could win. I mean, basically. yeah, but it was it twisted. Got, got twisted in like the forties or something. Sometimes, sure. Ian, Sometimes there's a glimmer of hope, <laughs> and a saint-like hero emerges. We had Donald Trump. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> saint-like, yes. I'm totally <laughs> kidding. Statements were not connected. Godly, yeah. <laughs> no, I think it's like, there's, for one reason or another. Politicians are always bad, but. We had, a, we had we had a few good people that just don't make it because you got to be truly 
vile to gain that kind of power. I got to know, Kim, yeah. I mean, you tell me about it. What was it like? Yeah, so we thought we did pretty good, but unfortunately, we weren't part of the establishment. So we didn't get support from the RNC. We didn't get support really from the Maryland GOP party. You know, they all had in mind who they wanted to run in the seat. And so when I won the primary, I think they were kind of pissed. And then when a video came out, they were like, whoa, 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 whoa. You're drawing too much attention to a seat that we never planned on winning. We're not going to win it. We're not going to exhaust donors on you or volunteers. So please go sit down somewhere. You know, so they were kind of pissed that we we got so much traction, I think, uh, because they, you know, for our governor, Hogan, is supposedly a Republican. And he's friends with the guy that beat me, Kwaisin Fume, oh. who is... A very establishment Democrat. He was the former president of the NAACP. He was a former congressman in that seat before Congressman Elijah Cummings. And so he is part of that swamp, I guess. Uh, but Governor Hogan is friends with him. You know, they, they all are friends. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter what aisle or side of the aisle that they're on. They're all friends. They grew up in this. They've been doing politics for many, many years. And they hold true to each other. This is why they hate Trump? Correct. Trump is rich. But he's not part of that club. They don't like him. He's a he's a bombastic weirdo. Yeah. And you know, I, I have to imagine when he got elected, they probably were like, "Okay, Donald, you got elected. Now here's the plan." He was like, "No, America first. And they were like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! What, what, are you, what are you talking about?" And then they were like, "We got to stop this guy. He's not in line with what we want to do." Take a look at Lindsey Graham. You know, he walks up to Kamala Harris on the floor, and he like, "What did he do? He fist bumped her or mm-hmm. something?" So, like, I don't expect them to be all enemies and hate each other. I like the idea that you can not agree with someone and still be friends with them. Right. But I think what you see from the likes of Lindsey Graham and people like Mitch McConnell is that, you know, I, I, I'm calling him Milktoast McConnell. He doesn't do anything. Now that the de- Republicans have no power, all of a sudden he's like, oh, I'm, I'm going to fight for all the Republicans. Oh, I, yeah. It's like, bro, you had the power. You did literally nothing with it. You don't care. It's a show. Is it? Political theater. Yeah. That's what it is. Politicians just go there and they want to pretend like they're doing something. It's almost like these big tech hearings we keep seeing where it's like we've had like, what, eight hours, whatever, so whatever the upteenth time that Ted Cruz yells at Jack Dorsey. And I'm just like, uh-huh. And I, I think Ted Cruz is all right. But at a certain point, I'm just like, dude, just 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 stop. You're not doing anything. You can't do anything. I don't care to hear you yell at Mark Zuckerberg again. It's performative. It doesn't mean anything to like me. The founding fathers were scientists, uh, Thomas Jefferson and Ben Franklin. I mean, Franklin obviously, if not invented electricity, discovered it invented for our culture. Yeah, invented it. Uh, Thomas Jefferson was a writer, a musician. I mean, I don't know. I know he was involved with the sciences as well. And those are the people running the country. And we kind of need that again. Not to have, like, theatrical, you know, people that but just talk a lot and get paid. What it was is that the government running the colonies was thousands of miles away. So they had no choice but to have their own local governments. And then once you do that, they're like, y'all ain't even here. Why should we care about what you think? It takes you like six months to actually re- relay what we say to the king and back. So eventually just like, we should be independent. It makes no sense. Now because of the surveillance state and you know communications and, and, and you know big tech and all that stuff, they can control... What you see and what you hear, man, it, it is, it is, it's beyond creepy. It's more about encryption than distance now. Like how long does it take the computer to crack the encryption code on your message as opposed to how far away is it being sent and how long is it going to take to get there? I'd imagine they can crack encryption and we think they can. Yeah, even they... quantum encryption. There's that quantum cracking computers and things like that I hear. 
I'm willing to bet they've got quantum computers and can crack, can unrival even like the entire crypto market if they wanted to. But they just keep that out of the public eye so people don't know and it allows them to maintain control. Hmm. Yep. So. I, I think that Ian has a point uh, because in my I was thinking about this and I was like, well, what would it be like if scientists were kind of like in charge and leading us? And then I started thinking about Ron Paul and Rand Paul and I was like, oh, yeah, these are people who like work out of the public eye who actually have like in real life experience, unlike Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders, who've done nothing but work in the government. And I really think that could be maybe what we need again. Right. I guess my question is, how, like, we all understand that in this room, but why doesn't the majority of the country understand it? That's the part that I don't get. Like, it's just so easy to see. Um, you know, and fortunately, I don't know if you guys know Congressman uh, Jamie Raskins. Mm. He was kind of, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Of all about the impeachment. But a, a guy ran against him that I supported. His name was Greg Cole. And he's a rocket scientist. Oh, wow. Yeah. And he's like, I just don't know how to really get my name out there. And I was like, well, I'll help you as best I can. And like a very intelligent guy, but he still lost to Jamie Raskins, who does absolutely nothing. And it's like, of course, these politicians, they're, they're politicians. They can't really do much because they'd be out of a job. So, you know, it's, it's just, it's this continuing cycle. But there's people now that are so upset, you know, with what's going on in the political arena. And now it's like you have all of these people hating each other. Before it wasn't this bad, you know, it wasn't as polarized. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Uh, it's but, easier to cheat. Yeah. And, and by cheat, I mean like sock puppet accounts on social media, fake opinion polls, manipulation, propaganda is easier than honest arguments. Right. It's really tough to, to have a real argument with someone. It's a lot easier to accuse your opponent of like, you know, some impropriety that they're forced to defend and then just create some scandal. Yeah. Jordan Peterson was just saying, or he's been saying, being honest. That's it. When it comes down to it, it you may not like the, re the result tomorrow or even throughout the years, but it is the greatest, most powerful thing you can do. Mm. doesn't sell in politics. No, I, I think it's uh, um, honorable, and I, I agree with Jordan You know, in that sense that we should have scruples. We should be focusing on doing good. But come on. Do you really think that the average person in politics would agree with Peterson Literally, they might publicly be like, that's, that's a great thing to say, Jordan. We all got to be honest. And he's got his hand behind his back with his fingers crossed. It's interesting. Yeah. It is powerful. Like if you're ever honest about something you're ashamed of publicly, it, it hurts and you become uh, made fun of. And, but then you become more powerful and calm in who you are. But it can also get you murdered and arrested and like thrown under the, like just devastated well, for saying look, what society didn't want you to say. There are, there are some things that you can't tell the truth about. Right. So in terms of military capabilities, if we're looking at war with China, obviously we're going to have confidential info, top secret information, confidential classified things, because if it gets out what kind of weapons we have and where they're going, then it puts us at a very serious advantage for potential military conflict. That I understand. You know, uh, I understand why sometimes we classify information. So there's a, there's a very serious challenge we have in this country of, of how you actually justify the wars we do without revealing too much that could compromise security of this country. I just happen to think, you know, most of the stuff we hear about from these people, they're like, they get caught lying and enriching themselves. 
So I just don't believe that our the political class are good people in, in any right. And uh, there's a small handful. Ron Paul's a cool dude. Yeah. His kid's a good dude. You know, there's a few other. Thomas Massey's cool. Tulsi Gabbard's pretty cool. They don't have to be right about everything, but it's like, are they honest? And I think they are. Unfortunately, it's like five people out of 535. <laughs> yeah. Two of the people you named aren't even in politics anymore. Yeah, no. yeah. <laughs> Ron and Tulsi. Sad. Who else do we have? I, I don't know, man. Uh, because Crenshaw? He, Crenshaw's all right. I think he's, he's okay. wrong about a lot, but yeah. he's all right. And I, I think one of the issues with the, the, the next issue is you might have some honest people, but then you get some honest people who are like really wrong, you know, Crenshaw, <laughs> didn't, didn't Crenshaw support red flag laws? He did, yeah. He yeah, did. Tulsi Gabbard opposed nuclear power. I yeah. think they're both great, but even then it's like, eh, you know, I guess if they're honest, I'd rather have an honest politician who's wrong than a crooked politician who's telling me what I want to hear. Well, I think Senator Tim Scott, from what I could tell. It's pretty honest. Um, I used to be a huge fan of Congressman Trey Gowdy. Oh, yes. Um, and he actually told me, because I asked him, like, before I started to run, I was like, so what do you think about this? You know? And he's like, no. He said, I would never, you couldn't pay me enough to go back to Capitol Hill. He said, they're all just terrible people. And he said, you know, I didn't get anything done. He said, look at what happened with the Benghazi committee hearings. He said, we could have a hearing till we're blue in the face. It doesn't do anything. No one's held accountable. Or was it Scott or um, Congressman Trey Gowdy? Yeah. yeah. Tim's guy's pretty cool. I like that guy. Yeah. Yeah, When when he when he came out and was leading the charge on police reform, I I thought that was a very good faith effort on the part of Republicans. Of course, the Democrats didn't care. Because they need to weaponize this stuff. You know, yeah. so they can't have a black Republican coming out and saying, okay, we'll do police reform. No, no. We need to tell everybody you're racist so we can get more votes. Exactly. See, Trey Gowdy was telling you it's just he wouldn't go back. It was just. No, a- he even did some interviews. They're like on YouTube somewhere, but he said, you, there's no way. He well, said, there's he, no way. He also has a podcast, and I remember he used to be a prosecutor, and he used to bring the fire yeah. in those um, hearings. And I remember just being blown away every single time. And there's something about these guys who can make the strong arguments that have horrible hair, and he was one of those ones, but I love him to death. Yeah. He's one of those people who told the truth and didn't ultimately fit in because of that. Right, right. And he said, and it's, it's hard because you're, you're going up against yeah. this machine. And so he said, I just, I'd rather just go back and practice law, yeah. and then I can actually hold criminals accountable. Can, can I be a little bit optimistic, though? Because, yeah. you know, we, sure. we, do, we do get a bit New England. Um, a little bit optimism. We're, <laughs> we're going to have a good laugh, everybody. And, and you may think you're up against this gigantic machine. Maybe it's like Mecha Godzilla. Do you guys see the new <laughs> Congress Godzilla or whatever? <laughs> no. Mecha Godzilla. And then you realize, you know, back to Michael Mouse's point about these people are really dumb. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a couple of gaffes. We're going to start with one you may have already heard from Fox Business. Biden says Americans earning less than $400,000 will not pay a single penny in taxes. uh, I'm good. All right. (laughs) But this guy is the president and the leader of the Democratic Party. I'm kind of like, okay, you know, the machine is like, it's like. Rusty? Yeah. There's there's a bunch of bent spokes and like steams coming out one side and you're like, it's a big machine, but I think it's about to fall apart. So did did you see this thing from Biden? the did. So, okay. My favorite thing about this is how the media goes. He didn't really mean it was an accident. Yes. Whoa, 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 whoa. Misspoke. How do you know he misspoke? How do you know it was an accident? Maybe he's trolling. How messed up is it that all journalists immediately and most people just just assume that Joe Biden is struggling to speak clearly? I have not heard the word misspoke so many times as I have in the last yeah. two years. The okay. word is so overused right now. You ready for the yeah. next one? Oh boy. Biden repeatedly repeatedly says vaccine.gum instead of vaccine.gov and CCD instead of CDC 
when reading out new COVID website. Is it possible that, so for for one, I think a lot of people would say that Biden is just, he's he's getting on in years and he, he can't speak properly and he's not all there. Or is it possible that, you remember in the debate when he told people to like turn on the record player or whatever for like their kids? Yeah. Maybe he just genuinely doesn't know what .gov is. And so he's saying .gum because he heard someone say it's .gov, .gov. And he goes, .gum, .gum. I got it. He doesn't know what dot whatever is. Well, do you remember yeah. when he was supposed to give the number that you were supposed to text? Oh, <laughs> gosh, <laughs> yes. Three, three, oh, three, three, oh, three, three, oh. The dude ain't there anymore. Get it. Yeah. I yeah. do kind of feel bad, but then I remember that he's a crooked, you yeah, know, corrupt politician. <laughs> so I'm kind of like, eh, you know, it balances itself out, I guess. I feel yeah. bad because I, because I can't stand it, but. And then I feel worse because he's the American president. Yes. Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> actual trouble on the globe. I was saying, what are the other foreign countries? What are they thinking right now? Right. What are they thinking? This guy is out of control. But I, you know what? I put it out after I saw that video about the 400,000, you know, people not having to pay taxes. You know, when he announced that he was going to run, he said he went to President Obama and told him about it. And President Obama's response was, Joe, you don't have to do this. You don't have to do this. And I thought that right there was the red flag that I needed. You know yeah. what I mean? I think he was trying to tell him, look, you can't do this. Uh, but the DNC, I don't think they really had anyone else to run because after the first debate, you know, Kamala did okay, and then she was hitting that one yeah. percent after Tulsi Gabbard murdered her. Basically, <laughs> here, here's, here, 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 here's what I, here's what I love is that the DNC is sitting around and they're and they're probably like talking like, "What do we do to beat Trump?" And the one consultant goes, "Listen, we got a lot of people who hate Trump. CNN runs negative press all the time. We can put anybody on this ticket, and they're going to win." And then someone goes, what about Kamala? Nope, nope, that's the not her. Uh, how about Joe Biden? We'll, we'll do Kamala on the ticket with him, but she can't lead the ticket. She would actually lose. Out of all of the, like, think about this. Kamala Harris doesn't win a single delegate. And the DNC thinks, you know, they have all of the, the moderate Democrats, Buttigieg and, you know, whatever, drop out and endorse Biden. Biden was the, like, milk toast guy. That they that they needed, mm. and and the Atlantic wrote that article. They said, "Stay alive, Joe Biden." You remember this? Yeah. All we need is your corporeal form. Yeah. Wow. And I'm like, Geez. inspiring. <laughs> yeah. Now you got a guy who who he, he, like the other day he was like, "I'm going to answer questions. I'm going to get in trouble if I stay any longer." Yeah. Get in trouble with who? Yeah. What are you talking about? You're the president, man. That's so creepy. Yeah. Yeah. I thought honestly that Senator Elizabeth Warren was going to try to put up somewhat of a fight. I did too. Uh, and then she just folded like everybody else. I'm so excited for the day when a president will do the thing, give the address, and then go home and then live stream dinner with his friends or her friends. I don't care. Uh, yeah. And so it's just a dude. Well, and that's when I said, I'll uphold the Constitution. <laughs> <laughs> High five. Like, ah, he has friends. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh-huh. Exactly. I love, I love humans. There's yeah. going to be a, yeah. like, he used to be like a moral backbone. Mm, you yeah. see, you see him go to the, his buddy's garage to play poker and there's like a guy in a pink polo and khakis with a shirt tucked in smoking a cigar and he goes, I love that part where you said you'd uphold the Constitution. <laughs> Brilliant. And they all yeah. laugh and then just like crack open, uh, you know, some champagne. Yeah. Something yeah. 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 But uh um I I I I mean the one thing I'm excited for and I'm wondering if you guys you know when do you think it'll, it'll come about True and not a shop of pressure. Oh yeah. When yeah. it when you know when can we get that true and not a shop of pressure and some badicath characters? We're in the midst of it so, now. Right? I think so too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm afraid. He's yeah. Acting as planned for true and not a shop of pressure. There you can go, we, you can we just like no? But for real, real quick, I mean, I know that was funny and everyone laughed, but think about the serious nature of uh. the president of the United States literally said 
Truin and Nana Shabba de Pressure on TV. I listened to that over and over again to figure out what he was saying. I have no idea. None. Still don't know. True international. Cooperation so, under pressure. Yeah. Mm. But oh, how okay. Do, but that's like, that come on. Like, we're trying to read his mind on yeah. this one. Yeah. What is what is an American... This, this is what freaks me out about people who voted for the guy and now don't pay attention to politics. This is why Starship Troopers starts to like sound better and better. Are you familiar with like Starship Troopers? I kind of know, yes. So, uh, uh, service guarantees citizenship. You've got to serve for two years in some capacity mm-hmm. in order to be able to vote. And I've never, I've never actually outright said like that's the way, like a lot of people have. But man, when you see people at a Biden rally and Biden goes, shoot it on a shot of pressure and they go, wah, and cheer for it. I'm like, man, <laughs> like who thinks it's good that those people are going to vote? Mm. Well, they got the same thing. I think remember when Dr. Jill Biden was at an event, she tried to speak Spanish. Yes. <laughs> And everyone was like, that makes no sense. But they still applauded her. Yeah. yeah. What did she say? I don't know what she was trying to say, but it was like, yes, we can or something. Yeah. It was terrible. Wow. People cheer for it. Yeah. That's why we have one of these pictures. I think right right, right behind Ian, actually, is one of my, uh, no, no, to the left. One of my favorite uh, uh, pieces of artwork from George Alexopoulos. It's, uh, you can see it just to the left of, uh, of, of, of Ian right there. It's Joe Biden. And a woman hands a little girl to Biden, and the little girl is scared and terrified. <clears throat> but everyone around, they're all cheering. Biden then opens his gigantic monster mouth, kind 180 degrees, yeah. and, and holds the little girl over his mouth, and everyone's giving thumbs up. Then he eats the, he consumes the little girl, and then gives a thumbs up. What I love about it is how everyone is celebrating behind him. Yes. It's ridiculous, silly, Jinji, uh, uh, what is it, uh, Jinji Ito, is that his name? Like, yeah. horror-esque nonsense. But what I think is really captured here is how Biden could literally be saying gibberish and drooling on his mouth and people are cheering for it. He said he was going to get us bad calf care and people started going, <laughs> yay! Like, yeah. I mean, sure, at least Trump, when he said build the wall, you understand what build the wall meant? It's like, okay, we're not going to get a big, beautiful wall from Sea to Shining Sea, but at least that's a coat, like a, a like there's, there's, it's a thought. You, it's a thought. You can <laughs> define a words. Thought, yeah. <laughs> we, it used to be such a, like a, like a, a threat. There was such a threat in the world. And we, as the, we created this country to kind of, I mean, solve that. At least you saw World War II when Hitler started invading Poland and things when people were terrified that the Nazi Germany was going to conquer the world. It was like we had to rally. And now we've got this crap mm-hmm. and it's, I'm not, I don't want a threat. Imagine, uh, like, so, so they, they, the left says climate change, climate change, climate change. There was a really funny post. I can't remember who, who, who said it, but, um, they were like, Kamala Harris is going to address the border crisis. And they were like, it's going to be climate change no matter what. And then Kamala Harris comes out and says, climate change is causing people to move. Yeah. It's like, okay. Like, I think there, there is a, there's a, we had a, a really smart fellow on. It was one of a, a, a friend of Luke's. He was a PhD pathologist. And he said that there's, you know, uh, um, insect species collapse. There's a very mm-hmm. serious problems. We're worried about it. And I'm like, I think, you know, we got to be careful and protect the environment and do all these things. Now imagine these people are coming out and telling us there's this very serious crisis. We have nine years left and they elect him. I'm like, I, you know, I'm, I'm sorry. It's very difficult to take you seriously right. when you say we have nine years left until there's irreparable damage that will cause, you know, bring about the end of days or just, you know, kill millions or whatever or billions. And then this is your guy. Like the guy, he's bad. A calf care has nothing to do with climate change. What is he even talking about? And then to make it worse, you get like Obama buying beachfront property. 
So I'm like, y'all are making it really hard for me to advocate for this stuff. To like talk about why we should, you know, focus on green energy or nuclear or whatever. When they fly in in private jets with massive mansions. And then they're like, the world's going to end. You know, Greta Greta Thunberg being like, how dare you? And AOC being like, you know, we only have 12 years. Here you go, everybody. Joe Biden, he's the hero who's going to save you from this global catastrophe. Okay, now, hold on. Now I kind of feel like they're laughing at us behind our backs. They're like, and then I told them we had nine years left. So we put Biden in and they voted for the guy. And then everyone laughs and they're all like cracking champagne. And then we're just sitting there in our living rooms like, so is this it? What do we do? Yeah. Well, it's a tough show. But you know what's so funny? Uh, the president of Honduras, well, it's not that funny. He actually came out and said back in 2018 or 19 that to stop so many people from fleeing, you know, South America, if the United States would just do trade with us. We could create so much more job opportunity and people wouldn't be leaving in droves as they are. And then he said, if America just did 1% of their coffee with us, we would retain everyone. That's how much we could do. And so he says this at a conference and it's on video. People, I've shared it and they still are just like, climate change. Oh my gosh. Open the border. Political power. Political power. Uh, they want political power. Um, I think cons- uh, there's a lot of conservatives who get it wrong. I think Tucker Carlson did a segment where he said that, you know, the Democrats want the illegal immigrants to come in because they'll give them citizenship and then they vote for Democrats. I don't think, I think it's a bit circuitous. Uh, uh, it's probably, you know, true in some respect, but it's totally irrelevant. When California lets in illegal immigrants. These people appear on the census and they get more electoral right. votes for the presidency. Yeah. They get more congressional district seats. So the more it doesn't matter if these people vote, it just means they're going to get more seats to the federal government, and then the Democrats are going to have more votes to affect the entire country. So we got a problem, and I think, I think we're getting really close to decoupling. I don't want to say peaceful divorce, as some have called it, but decoupling. Right? We see now that there's many different states declaring a Second Amendment sanctuary or pro-life sanctuaries. California saying they're a sanctuary state. Everybody's just basically giving the middle finger to the federal government. If that keeps happening, that what, then eventually there's no federal government. How long until, I don't know, Texas puts up borders, you know, between it and, you know, Oklahoma or whatever. And they're like, we're a sovereign state and we need borders now. I mean, we did see checkpoints from COVID already. So right. we're getting close, huh? So am I, am I crazy for thinking that these states and these cities making their own kind of rules and saying, for example, are not going to enforce these gun control laws? Am I crazy for thinking that that's a positive development? Because somebody pointed out to me that that's kind of what happened right before the Civil War, which I was like, I need to learn more about that. But as far as I can tell, cities and states doing their own thing seems like a positive, like a positive change, right? Am I crazy, Kim? What do you think? No, yeah, but, you know, I, but at the same time, they're requesting so much federal that's funding, yeah. you know, and it's like, and, and what we were talking about maybe two years ago, Trump was saying cutting off federal funding to California because they want to be sanctuary. I was in my mind, I was kind of like, maybe that's the way to go. You know what I mean? Like if, if they really want to be sanctuary, just their own little state and their own little country, basically, then just, yeah, you can't get federal funding. I like the idea of kind of cutting the federal funding, even from maybe even cities like Portland. Like I think Trump was threatening to do that as well back in 2020, but I think that's a good idea. Just kind of separate it out a little bit. So, so we have Biden during this, this great catastrophe they say is coming and What's going to happen next? So I've been saying that with libs go, liberals going back to sleep, they're not paying attention anymore. 
It's going to be really hard for Democrats to muster up something to fight in 2022. So Republicans may actually take back the House in 2022, maybe even the Senate, 2024, maybe the presidency. However, I I actually don't think Trump should run. I think DeSantis should run. And the reason is Donald Trump, they will immediately, I mean, he really gets the, look, there are people I know who have never voted, who voted because of Trump. If you have DeSantis, these people are going to be like, who? But my friends, Donald Trump is back. (gasps) Did you see this? Oh. Here we go from the desk of Donald J. Trump. Trump has invented his invented. He has created his own Twitter. No joke. Huh. DonaldJTrump.com slash desk. And, and Trump has just created his own Twitter. And he basically posts, uh, posts, he posts, he posts like a microblogging like you'd be tweeting. And so he just made his own website. It's too bad. It's not integrated with like Fediverse oh, yeah, and, and Minds. And well, he's not going to do this. That's one of the biggest problems of the Trump administration. He should have done this a long Dude, time ago. If he was internet savvy, he'd still be president. He mm. would. That's true. Yeah. There are, if the Republicans were paying attention, they'd still they'd still have retained power. But they let the big tech companies shut them all down. They let them censor all the, the most uh, prominent Trump supporters. And uh, there you go. Now you end up with Trump's most uh, you know prominent supporters is gone. That advocacy, that that PR, that free press gone, mm-hmm. and. Trump needed it. What's this website? Trump.com? DonaldJTrump.com slash desk. And you can actually post to Facebook and Twitter. Huh. It took him a long time to actually make something very, very simple. It's another issue. I know. He he should have had this during his presidency. And uh, to be honest, he should have used, you know, Gab or Parler or something. Because then it would have forced the media to... All of them. She used all of them. It would have forced the media to cover these other other platforms. Mm -hmm. And then people would have signed up for them. And then it would have taken away a lot of the power from the from the big tech oligarchs. It's unfortunate there was an opportunity for it and it didn't happen. Yeah. Well, I I never loved you know everybody Trump surrounds himself with. You know, <laughs> I, I will be honest about that. Uh, but the same people are around him. They're just in Mar-a-Lago. They just all moved from the White House to Mar-a-Lago. <laughs> oh. It's like the same crew. Um, yeah. So I think you know. Unfortunately, do you remember Brad Pascal? Parscale? Oh, yeah. Parscale? Pascal? 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 Yeah. I think he was tech savvy, but mm-hmm. then remember he left. So there Got was. Fired. Yeah. So. yes. <laughs> so yeah, so he hasn't been down to Mar a Lago. So he hasn't been helping him, but I think that was his, his tech savvy guy. Why did yeah, he fire then, him? Uh, I think it was over the Nebraska thing. Yeah. Where, where, oh, yeah, yeah. Where right, they right, had like right. a million RSVPs, mm. and then Trump went to this rally and only like 6,000, oh, 7,000 yeah, people right. showed up. And so they had this massive overflow, and the problem was that they told everyone to RSVP anyway, just to show your support. And so when they got a million RSVPs, they're like, wow, people really want to see Trump. And people didn't come. So like, Who's fault? I several, you know, 7,000 people, yeah. I think, showed up. Yeah. But it's not bad, but it's not a million. Like, I was humiliated. Trump, what he should have done is said, because of COVID, we're only going to do a very small gathering. And then he would have said, we sold out immediately. Instead, they said, we're going to have a million people. And then, you know, yeah. a million people didn't show up because... Like COVID, so yeah. Well, I also thought there were you know people getting fake tickets because it's free. You know, you don't have to pay for it. Yeah, but no, there's an infinite number of tickets. It was first come, first serve. So a bunch of these TikTok kids were like, "We're the one who did it and tricked Trump." And it's like you you didn't you just helped him get press, yeah, claiming he had all these tickets because the tickets are free and it's first come, first serve. Mm. You show up, they let you in if you have a ticket. People didn't show up, probably because of COVID. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Well, over at Fox News, we have another story. Oh, snap. House candidate suing FEC over inaction on complaint against Twitter says blue check of value in campaigns. So this, this, this all ties in. You know, Donald Trump has created his own website. I think it's a smart move. I think we should all do it. The re- one of the reasons we started TimCast.com and we should have started a long time ago is that there are things YouTube doesn't allow us to talk about. There are certain opinions you can't say on Facebook and, and Twitter, and there's certain work you can't do. Project Veritas doing res- respectable and legitimate journalism. They get removed for complete, completely dubious reasons, just total BS reasons. They're made up. Now Veritas is suing because of it. This is interesting though. A House candidate is suing the FEC because they didn't do anything, basically arguing that Twitter giving blue check marks to their to her rivals was effectively giving them something of value to help their campaign. And I think that's true. Yeah. The verified check mark is an endorsement. It's a straight up endorsement. I saw a tweet today where someone was like, and who are you, Mr. I don't have a check mark? Mm. Why, why should we even listen? I was like, well, <laughs> brutal. Where's my check mark Twitter? Yeah. yeah, because if you're verified, you are an official personality of the of the uh, I don't know of of mainstream culture, whatever you describe it. Dude, that's wild. You've been knighted by there. Jack so, Dorsey and yes. his well, they wouldn't verify James O'Keefe. That's hideous. And he had almost a million yeah, followers, and they banned him because they didn't want to endorse him. That's the funny thing about it. They're like, it's not an endorsement, but it's an endorsement. Yeah, it is. Arbitrarily given by Twitter. Oh, yeah, or if a corporation asks for it, depending on the corporation. Oh. So um, I got verified on Twitter. Mm-hmm. When? Because how, how big was your channel? When that, I, I had Twitter page. I, my channel. Your Twitter page, rather. It's like 35,000 followers. Okay. And Vice called Twitter and said verify him. Oh. That's it. The corporate in. Yep. I got a job at Vice, and I wasn't verified. And there are people saying, like, you know, Tim Pool gets millions of views covering all these major events. He's been featured in all these magazines. Why won't Twitter verify him? Because I wasn't establishment approved. I got a job at Vice, and they went, we got you. Five minutes later, I was verified. Boom. That's how it works. Well, uh, so I was only verified because I was a a candidate for Congress. Uh, What's interesting, though, is afterwards, they actually took some blue checks away from some conservatives. Now, Anna Paulina, remember, she ran in Florida. She's the one, sorry. Oh, okay. Yeah, because they wouldn't give her a blue check, and she was a candidate. And I'm like, what is going on? So... Did you think that it helped you with your campaign to have a blue check? Do you find it useful? Um, at least they could verify me from the fake accounts. Right. You know? it's, like, it's, it's not just that. You get you get special access. Yeah, oh, yes. And we could post longer videos. You could do, you know, you could message other blue checks. So, you know, <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> Sorry, I have such bad allergies. So, like, I could ask, you know, Burgess Owens or somebody else to share my post and also have blue checks. You know, because even if we don't follow each other, it's still I could oh, communicate with them. Yeah, yeah. And you you have uh, uh you can sort by verified, and you, there's, there's a bunch of yeah. things you can do with a with a verif- with verification you can't do. So they're literally providing functionality to only certain candidates. And 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 beyond that, like the this law in Florida, it's amazing. I don't know if DeSantis has signed it yet. I don't want to have to. I don't want to have to do it, but we might have to relocate to Florida. It's so muggy. I know Florida's <laughs> awful. I can't. Man, why is it that they have a, a, a good governor? You know, he's trying to get people to go there because think it about sucks. think about this this way. For the people who live in the big cities in Florida, everything's open. You just walk around, you go to the movies, you do your thing. But now they're passing this law where if you're a, a journalistic enterprise that operates in Florida, you actually have grounds to sue to get your account unrestricted. If these big tech companies try and try and stop you, I would. If I was Zuckerberg, I would just. I'd be looking at ways to get out of Florida right now. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Sad. How do you not punish the, punish the citizenry for the idiot governor? Sure, not sure. Not that he's an idiot, but that they would be would, my mentality. They would have to block all Florida IP addresses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, then, and then what? Then make them suffer. But no, could they, they make really them beg do for acts. Twitter? They wouldn't uh, do it. I think they can do whatever they want. No, it would no. be about their bottom right. line. What's it going to cost the corporation? I think what would happen is if if you know Florida passes this, I don't know if it's it's I know I know, I know it's passed the House and the Senate. I don't know if DeSantis has signed it, but I believe the moment he does, you're going to get. I mean, how many people live in the state of Florida? I don't know. Does, anybody, do you know, does anybody know? Let me look it up. You want to look it up real quick? Check real quick. Thirty-three million. Okay, let's wild check. guess. <laughs> let's let's find see. Out. Thirty-three seems a bit high. Really? Okay. I'm going to go twenty-four million. That seems a bit Let's high, hear too. Twenty-one point four eight. Oh, okay, so you were, you were closer. Yeah, Ian, you lose. Yeah. I was way <laughs> Okay, <laughs> so how many of them are conservative, right? It's a 50-50 half, conservative yeah. state. Mm. So let's say about half, so you've got 10 million people. How many of them are savvy and actually pay attention? Of probably course. substantially yeah, less. less. Probably around 20% because that's what we see with Twitter user base. So now you have about two, we're looking at like two million people. How many of them can immediately just file a lawsuit against Facebook, Twitter as soon as this law is signed into effect? 20, 10. Ten of them are primed and ready to sue. And so Facebook is going to be dealing with an onslaught. Twitter, YouTube, they're going to be dealing with Google with an onslaught of a whole bunch of regular people who don't have big accounts who all of a sudden have – who are empowered by their government to file a challenge against these big tech companies. And Facebook's going to have to pay for it. Now, you you mentioned that these big companies, if you were Zuckerberg, would find a way to cut off Florida. Yeah. I don't think so. You know why? Because if they did, the people in Florida would realize they don't need Facebook. All of a sudden, they would be like, my life is so much better. <sighs> Facebook is awful. Yeah. Imagine if all of a sudden Twitter was gone from Florida. I might move there just for that. <laughs> because all of a sudden, people are going to be like, I'm not hearing the screaming anymore. And they're being. Um, imagine someone being like, well, if, if you have a problem with doing hardcore drugs, then maybe I won't give you any more. The drug dealer would be, well, he's not gonna, drug dealer's not going to cut his own business off. Imagine Facebook is also Instagram. Imagine all the teen girls in Florida, Miami, who all of a sudden can't do Instagram. And they, they all of a sudden their depression alleviates. Huh. They get back to the, their normal lives. Facebook can't have that. Facebook can't have large swaths of people all of a sudden realizing social media is a problem. So what do they do? Unban people. It's better to have Laura Loomer on Facebook than to cut 20 million users off, 20, 21 million users, and then have people start realizing that social media sucks. I think social media is awesome. <laughs> But it's all in how you use it. You yes. kind of get what you give with social media. 100%. I don't know. I, if it's going to cost them the uh, lawsuit after lawsuit and they end up having to pay billions of dollars in, in settlements for lawsuits, it might be cheaper. I don't know if they, if they care much about the optics when it comes to the money. I, it, I, I it'll, think they would make a fiscal. It'll be interesting because there will be a federal challenge to it that it violates their free speech rights. It violates Section 230. But it depends. Um you know, because we had we had Will Chamberlain on, and he basically said the Supreme Court might defer to protecting speech rather than suppressing it. So if the option is, you know, this person is banned from platforms so they can't speak, and this company wants to restrict their speech, we should defer to the state law saying speech should be protected. So allow them to have their platform. It'll be really interesting. But the law in Florida, 
can only affect Florida. So we need the 34 other Republican controlled states to do the exact same thing. So I guess if you live in a Republican controlled state, just start calling them and say, just do whatever DeSantis is doing. Because he's he apparently is somebody who's paying attention, or at least has people who are paying attention. Far from perfect, mind you. There's a bunch of things he's been heavily criticized for, and he should be. But there are many, like this this social media thing, I think, is just absolutely imperative. On the other side, if Facebook didn't go that route, I think this could cause like a, a lightning storm of behavioral change in governments across the country, like state by state. Like next year, we'd see two more states adopt this. Precedent. Yeah. They should all be doing it right now. Yeah. They're all going to You, you know, look. You live in one of these red states. How long until they bring in a far left district attorney because social media restricts the ability from, of conservatives to warn about this stuff? You're a conservative. You're prominent. You're very active. And then you make a post and then you're gone. And then you can't warn people because they're, they're, not, going to, they're not going to church to communicate. They're not going to the town, town city hall anymore, town hall. They're not going to city center. They're going on Facebook. They're getting their information funneled through leftist, hardcore leftist organizations. San Francisco, I believe, is the most democratically isolated uh, place in the country. The New York Times did this really interesting, are you in a bubble thing? And they say San Francisco is where you are unlikely to meet a Republican. Extremely unlikely to find a Republican. So imagine, those are the people who control social media. So if you live in West Virginia... Or Texas, don't be surprised when people believe insane far left woke cult stuff because their opinions are being put through a far left filter. If Republicans in these states don't take action, you're going to be gone. Yeah. Well, you know, I was, I'm I'm like on the fence with it because it's like there's got to be another way. I just, I feel like I could just keep thinking on it. But for me, it's still, it's it's leading toward a big government. Mm. And I just got to figure it it out. Government. Because now they're saying, you know, because I guess social media platforms, you know, are private, correct? And so if you're putting fines on these private companies, you know, where does it end? Say a Democrat gets in office and decides to do the same thing to well, conservative private businesses. Protecting free saying? speech or what? Yeah, I just feel like there's just there's got to be another way to hold them accountable. But I see what you're saying, and I, I got a lot of people that push back on me for saying that. But I just, I don't know. The law says that they have to at least have, I think, a hundred million active users. Okay. That that's like three companies. So if you have massive multinational, I'll, I'll put it, I'll put it this way. Uh, one way to look at it is, what's better, big government or a tech platform with foreign investors operating in foreign countries, allowing foreign actors to influence our elections, but conservatives get banned. Right. Facebook, Twitter, Reddit, Wikipedia, etc., allow Australians yes. to post their unfettered leftist opinions on our platforms to influence Americans, but Laura Loomer's banned. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't care how, how, how much you don't like her. She's an American citizen, and her discourse matters infinitely more than a New Zealander. But that person in New Zealand can go on Twitter and post all the crazy leftist stuff they want. Laura Loomer can't. How come she got banned? Oh, man. Uh, a bunch of different reasons, I guess. I don't know. I don't remember. Oh, for Twitter, it was because she criticized Ilhan Omar. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, specifically about, I, I can't remember exactly, but it had something to do with her religious practices or something. Mm. Mm. And I think you should be allowed to criticize a politician. Well, face to face, 100%. That's the great part of being American and free speech is you're allowed to criticize each other. Well, it's just... Yeah. Twitter is the platform by which we have political discourse. That's it should be allowed. Yeah, but r- regardless, if if the answer is either we have a big American government or we have active 
participation in our elections from foreign citizens, uh, I'd rather have regulation from the American the government, government yeah. as opposed yeah. to some, you know, how about this? A Russian guy going on Twitter <laughs> and saying, Joe Biden is best. Vote for him. <laughs> I'm like, like, okay, dude, you're allowed to have an opinion. You're allowed to post. But if we're going to allow foreign people to influence our elections by, by actively posting stories and opinion and then ban American citizens mm-hmm. because their opinion doesn't align with Silicon Valley – you got a worse off problem than big government. You've got subversion yeah. of your state by foreign influence. Yeah, yeah. No, I definitely see where you're going with that. And I, and I loved your Russian accent. That was, <laughs> oh, yeah. that was, that was the best. Good. That was yeah, really yeah. good. It probably wasn't good at all. It was great. Like a, there's like a Russian guy who's watching. It's like, it was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I vote Biden. Yeah. Luke actually speaks Polish, so he could probably do it way yeah, better than we could. Huh? But he's got, like, he's got like a Brooklyn Polish accent. <laughs> yeah. Did you ever see Rounders? The movie no. is a, it's a, what's his name? Matt Damon was in it. He's like a poker player with Ed Norton. And John Malkovich plays a Russian in it. Oh, boy. Oh. Give the mian his miami. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> really, really great line. Yeah. It's terrible. Yeah. yeah. Highly suggested. <laughs> we're going we're, we're, we're gonna to jump over to this um, totally unrelated segment because we just got to talk about it, man. Uh, my friends, is, is, am I going to get in trouble if I, if I say the end is nigh? No, I don't think so. The end is nigh. Oh. Ah. There we go. <laughs> U.S. economy is growing quickly. But flashing an inflation warning sign, prices of goods we use every day are rising at their fastest pace in three years, with coffee up 8%, bread up 11%, and gasoline up 22%. We got a chart here from Daily Mail. It's amazing. Bacon, 11% increase. Unacceptable. I have a story about bacon. Bread is up 11 chicken is up 10 coffee 8 eggs 7 milk's only up 3%, gas is up 22%, corn is up 44%. Yep. When corn goes up, everything goes up. You know why? Feed it to we feed cows and chickens and all the animals corn in these factory farms. Yeah. Cotton is up 10%. Appliances, 15 Furniture, 3.5. Dude, you know what really bothers me? All last year, I'm like, we're, we're, we're borrowing money for ourselves. These massive, you know, uh, debt relief packages. The dollar is going to tank. Did I go and buy Bitcoin? No. I did. <laughs> <laughs> I did buy in November. It takes eight months to catch up. We even talked about that last year. It's like, I'm, it's going to be eight months before... Inflation starts to rock people. Yep. And yeah. so I'm just, I'm, so, I'm, I'm, it, this is the story of life for probably everybody. I bought, I, I, I was the guy who always jokes about the story. I'm like, in 2011, I almost bought thousands of Bitcoin at 70 cents a piece and I didn't. Ha ha ha. Uh. And then it was at like $200 and I tell the same story. And then it's at a thousand dollars. I tell the same story. And then it's at 5,000. <laughs> and eventually it's just like, maybe at some point I should just buy a lot of Bitcoin. I don't, I don't, I, I just, I and don't. so, so now a year ago, I'm like, the inflation is going to hit. You just you got to understand lumber is up between two hundred fifty and six hundred percent. Oh my god! Steel is skyrocketing. The price of everything is going up. Hyperinflation is is a serious fear, and we've got numerous reports that the market is, is there's a market crash looming. Wow. So some investors are saying that they're 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 uh, bearish and they think a thirty percent hit to the market this year. So okay. I hear all this. I report on all of this. I watch the the ridiculous <laughs> money printing. And I, I, didn't, I didn't go. I did. did what, what, I did buy any Bitcoin. But then what, you did. What, a little bit. You could have went deep. I could have went deep. I could have yeah. been like, you still can. I'm, I'm reporting <laughs> on all this stuff and paying attention. I should buy a lot. <laughs> Maybe and I then, w- w- So what happens is in November, Bitcoin's at $15,000. And I'm like, wow, that's so incredibly high. You know? So I'll maybe I'll just buy a little bit. And then it goes up to $40,000. It's like, wow, that's so incredibly high. I'm not going to buy anymore. Never, never high <laughs> it's enough. It's $60,000. You can always print more money and make the value of everything else go up. That's what's happening. Yeah. So... There's going to be a big ripple effect, and it's going to get bad. When you were given these numbers, 9%, 8%, 10%, is that in the last 12 months? Right, right now. 
Like, are they up 10% from last year at this time? Uh, they don't say. It just says mm. from labor statistics. Oh, okay. From yeah. last year, probably. Yeah. 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 I was looking up the inflation rate, and they're like, the inflation rate is 1.7%. And I think that's just the rate that the Federal Reserve decides to charge interest at okay. on their loans to the banks. So that's not the actual inflation. Actual inflation is very different than inflation rate. The rate is kept artificially low because they're like, we're only going to – but actual inflation, as you can see, the cost of, of goods are like beginning to skyrocket. So I'm working – you know, my office is downstairs from the studio one day a couple months ago. Ian knocks on the door, and he's like, yo, dude, I just bought a bunch of doge. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, whatever. And, you, and, you, and, and Ian's like, it's like five cents. And I was like, yeah, whatever. It's like, I, I think it's going to go up, dude. I'm worried. Because like, oh, no, no, you bought it like nine cents, nine right? Nine cents. Yeah, then it went down. And you were like, yeah. but I'm going to hold it and see what happens. I was like, dude, I went And then I'm like, nine. I'm like, Ian, get out of here. I don't care about your <laughs> meme coin, doge, whatever, nonsense. I'm not buying. And now it's at 60 cents. Ah, or yeah. 60, so. <laughs> 57 at the beginning of the show. What is it? It hit Did 60 it it earlier hit today. Yeah, yeah. You got the power of Elon Musk and Starship Mars so, behind it. Well, yeah, so I think there's two, a couple things here. People are trying to find a place to put their dollars because you got buying power right now with the dollar and we're watching it go down. Think about, let, 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 me, let me do some uh, simple uh, math analogy for all y'all. We have here on this Daily Mail thing, it says chicken up 10%. That means if you want to buy a chicken, you have to work 10% more than you did last year. Right. So that means if a chicken normally takes one hour of labor, Tack on another six minutes of that work you got to do. So that, that stuff adds up. Now you're looking at chicken, bread, bacon, everything. You've got to work 10 to 20% more. Corn is 44%. When, when that ripples through the chicken, because they feed chicken and, and cows and all this factory farm corn and even fish, the price of everything is going to go up because these factory farms are like, we need corn, but corn's really expensive. Okay. Raise the price on everything else. You're going to, you're going to be, Making like somebody who makes 15 bucks an hour right now could like buy three chickens and then now it's up 10%. Now you can only buy, you know, two and a half or something. You know what I mean? Not, not, I'm not doing actual math. The point is all of these numbers mean you have to work longer to get the same thing. So people are trying to find a place to take your existing buying power. Let's say for every hour you work, you can buy a chicken. So they're like, okay, all the currency I get from this work, if I put it into Bitcoin or something, then when the hyperinflation hits... I'll still be able to buy the same amount of chicken. Mm -hmm. But if you hold the dollars, you won't be able to. That was my thought. It, last year around May, June, July is when I really started going into crypto hard when I saw the big printing that they did last year, that two, four trillion printing. Oh, uh, yeah. And I, it wasn't that I wanted to buy Bitcoin. It was that I wanted to park my money somewhere that wasn't going to get deflated. So right. I have a, I have a yeah. question. You might think I'm dumb for asking this, but genuine question about um, cryptocurrencies. When you put dollars, U.S. dollars into cryptocurrency, how do you get it out in a way that's not U.S. dollars? Uh, what like you what? Like you're parking your money there to what end? How are you supposed Imagine, to retrieve it when you so, need money? So there's minds.com, dot com, yes. and they have tokens. Uh huh. So these are ERC twenty tokens. They're 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 built off of Ethereum, right? Is that how, that's how it works? Yeah. yeah. The ERC twenty blockchain is what they ride on. Okay. They're, it's different so, than the Ethereum token. It's they're different. The blockchain is different. Right. Than right. Token. right. Mm -hmm. So you can have a, a, a Bitcoin or whatever. It's basically like me saying, here, Ian, I'll give you this for a dollar. And then Ian takes the bottle of water and gives me a dollar. And then Ian trades the bottle of water for a can of Pepsi. Okay. That's all it is. Okay. So it's just a different form. 
So a, cryptocurrency is basically just a, a non-copyable digital asset. You can trade for whatever you want to trade it for. Huh. Uh, the Oakland A's will let you buy tickets with Dogecoin. Oh, cool. As of oh, yesterday. Wow. That's awesome. Now we're getting real. Yes. What if, what if, what if, <laughs> hold on, Bitcoin is like gold and Dogecoin becomes like cash? Oh, cash. No, not like silver, like cash. Oh. Litecoin is like silver. Printing out little things you can carry no, around no, 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 with RFC, no, no, RFID no, 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 no. chips. You get the Dogecoin app and you just, you scan. We're pretty much at the whole scan the check, checkout line anyway. And so, so, like yeah. cash. So think about it. I think I think Dogecoin will probably, in, in my opinion, first, let me just say I do have, a, I bought a bunch. I bought a bunch. I wish I bought substantially more. I did buy a ridiculous amount like seven years ago when it came out as a joke. I, I have no idea where it is. Ah, and it's a lot. Huh. Yeah, it was like an old computer. And I was like, yeah, because it was like point zero zero. What yeah, was it? Like yeah. zero 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 one percent. Or I, like I got one cent so angry. So when I saw it, I couldn't bring myself. I, I had I like hate, hate refused it. <laughs> but what people need to realize too, oh, they're, when they're you when you see your crypto portfolio going up and you're cheering, that's actually scary, because mm-hmm. your buying power isn't going up. I mean, to a to a certain degree, it is obviously like a ten percent increase in chicken, but a one thousand percent increase in in you know Doge or whatever, or like a what what is what is Ethereum up like three hundred percent? All, all told, it's like thirty two hundred now. Yeah, it was yeah so so seventeen hundred so, a couple weeks ago. Well, if, like when we had Bill on the show last time, Bill Ottman. It was a thousand bucks for Ethereum. Now it's at thirty two hundred. So yeah, the gain in crypto is better than is higher than the inflation for most of these goods. But would I think there was an article I read that said if you had ten dollars in lumber in November, that would cost you sixty dollars today. Wow. And I'm like, that's that's comparable to like Bitcoin. Wow, would. Yeah. Yeah. Building materials. It's going to get harder and harder to buy stuff, and there's just tons of shortages. But furniture is not worth more, you said. That's maybe I wonder if the, a lot of these things are being artificially kept. Furniture is up three point five, three point five oh, only. Up? Oh, this is going to get scary, man. Um, I don't think people realize that uh, what will first happen: all the goods are going to get more expensive. Construction materials are going to get more expensive. Labor won't get as expensive as quickly. After the cost of food goes up, then people are going to be like, I need more money. Right. But right. businesses can't just snap their fingers and give more money. I mean, the leftists think they can, but they can't. Now, I'm sure Starbucks and Walmart can, sort of, but small businesses can't do that. They, they Small business is going to be like, dude, we're a coffee shop. Coffee's up 8%. I can't. Not, we, we're already losing money now. I can't just give you a raise. We're already losing 8% off the coffee. Like, but my groceries went up 8%, right. so you've got to spend 16% to take care of me now. Yeah. So then they have to increase the price of coffee by 16%. Or Labor we do and- trade with Honduras. Yeah, there you go. That's where our coffee is <laughs> solved. <laughs> That's a good solution. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, think, I think Dogecoin is going to skyrocket, and people have done the math. Dogecoin isn't as, like, I guess, finite as Bitcoin. Yeah, what's up with that? So I don't know the full numbers, but I was reading something where they said, like, Dogecoin is going to print a ridiculous amount as opposed to Bitcoin's, what, 21 million? Yeah, something like that. So that means there's going to be a massive supply of Dogecoin for trade. So mm-hmm. Dogecoin could theoretically become like cash. Oh, boy. I was hearing that Dogecoin automatically deflates every year. They're, like, some of it is removed oh, like splits or something. from the circulation, hmm. which is a very interesting concept. Where does it go? I just, and how, and how does it get removed? I don't know, to be honest. I just read that. that. Like, nah, you're like, here's my account. I have 100 Doge, and it's gone. Why? Oh, no. Like, I don't know how that sense. works. I don't know. Maybe it's in the mining when you trade, make trades. They mm. slowly pull it out of the circulation or something. I mean, you mean like the blockchain's having? Or not mining, rather, but gas fees and stuff. 
gas fees. Sometimes Doge when you make coin, a, Dogecoin's not Ethereum. You use, is it not on the ERC twenty no. blockchain? Do, Doge, Dogecoin is a is a uh, like a uh, I don't know it's not a fork, but it's a a clone of Bitcoin. Yeah, so, so this was made a long time ago. Interesting concept, though. I used to think, what if we made a money that lost value if you didn't spend it? So that we're incentivized to keep it circulating. You mean like U.S. dollars? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but not so. That's not like works. this. Not like this. Never like this. What just, do you mean? It's exactly what it is. Just yeah. more like if you and I each had $1,000 and I sat on it and you spent yours and then made 1000 more, you'd still have 1000 but I have 990 at the end of the day. That's basically what the dollars do. So they want me to move it. Well, you know, what's you know, happening now is they're getting interest for holding it. I don't want to, I want to disincentivize people for holding it. That's 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 what they do. Well, they give you int- they they incentivize you to hold your money now. They want you to just get richer for having but, money. But you're not richer. beating inflation. Like it, it, yeah, so you might not need inflation if you slowly deflated the currency over time. Deflated? Yeah, if you slowly if people aren't spending and it slowly depreciates the value of the currency. You mean did you mean inflate the currency? Wait, what do you mean? Well, like so if you have $1000 in the bank and a day goes by and you don't spend it, you may lose a percentage of that. Back to the that's the called pool. Neg- they do that. It's called negative interest rates, and then so that would incentivize people to keep the money flowing. Yeah, they they do that sometimes when the market's like really really bad. They'll do negative interest rates where they're mm-hmm. like, if you keep the money in the bank, you'll lose. But rather than do it to everyone at once, just have that be built into the currency's function. Man, I'm I'm I wonder what's going to happen with this Doge stuff, man. It's going to be worth thousand uh, dollars. Elon Musk is going to go on Saturday Night Live, yeah, and he's going to be like that. Dogecoin, and then it's going to hit a I dollar. I hope he goes on with the dog. Yes, <laughs> he's got to go yeah. on with the Shiba. Yeah. Yes. Maybe, maybe, so I think the reason Dogecoin is skyrocketing right now is because Elon Musk is going to go on and mm-hmm. they think he's going to oh, do some maybe. Doge skit. It's going to cause the price to skyrocket. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. I, I'll tell you this. Um, I'm never going to sell the Doge. Hold it, dude. It's funnier hold, to have. Hold it forever. And I don't have enough to actually matter. <laughs> like, I wish in 2014 I spent two grand on Doge. I think you tweeted out today there are Doge millionaires. Yes. I mean, I, and that's kind of obvious. Yeah. But, like, there are probably a lot of them now. Dude, when Doge yeah, w- went think. to, like, three or four cents, I'm sure some person was like, I'm going to buy a ridiculous amount. Why not? In the past, I had purchased, like, tens of thousands of just garbage coins that were, like, ERC-20 tokens that were worth, like, an eighth of a cent. You know, like red coin. I don't know. I just, w- like, weird random trash. That. And I was like, hey, maybe this will be the one that, you know, and, like, I just never cared. And I forgot, I forgot about them. I did have a bunch of Doge. And I just, it was worthless. Like, this is what happens. Back in the day, you have, like, you know, 50 bucks worth. And you're like, I don't care. Whatever. And back then, I mean, 50 bucks would, would end up being, like, you know, I don't know what, like, 100 grand or something today <laughs> in Dogecoin. Some ridiculous amount. Yeah. Well. Look, I don't know what's going to happen with all this inflation stuff. They're trying to act like it's a good thing. It means wages will go up. They always do that before the Depression. Yes. If you look at the history of the Great Depression, they were the week before the stock market collapsed. They were talking about how great it was, what a good time to buy stocks it was, take out loans and buy stocks on loans, post your earnings as collateral. Yeah, this is so annoying because the economy has way too many moving parts to say something is a positive. You have no way of knowing if it's going to affect 15 other different things negatively. Yeah. They can lie, too. They can blatantly tell you it's a safe, good time for your investments and not get on the hook for it. They do it on TV. It crashes. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. We're going to go to Super Chats. Yes. If you have not already, you must smash that like button if you truly enjoyed this show and subscribe to this channel and follow us on Instagram at TimCastIRL and Facebook, Facebook.com slash TimCastIRL, where you can see little clips from the show and share them and it helps, you know, just basically promote the show. And uh, become a member at TimCast.com to get access to our exclusive members-only segments. We'll have one up tonight around 11 p.m. And uh, now we will read your Super Chats. All right. Sam Trendy J says, Hi, Kim. What is your favorite aspect of the BLM movement? 
Much love for much love from Vancouver, Canada. I find your interestingly inspiration to me. So thanks for that. Oh, thank you. Hello to you. Um, so BLM, he's asking if, how, what do I like about BLM? Yeah, what's your favorite aspect of the BLM movement? Uh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything good about them? I don't think so. They're, I, they're passionate. They are passionate. They are <laughs> passionate. Um, I guess they're good at organizing people true. that we don't seem to do very well on the conservative side. Very so. true. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. There's that. <laughs> Christopher Cavey says, Kim, you are my absolute hero for calling Aww. Joy Behar out on air and her own show. Thank you from Christopher Cavey. Thank you, Christopher. That day gave me so much joy. <laughs> that that's fun, yeah. Uh, but no, no, honestly, I, I wanted to be so nice and polite that day. And then she just kept going and kept pushing my buttons. And I was just like, I've had enough, <laughs> you know? And so I was, I was happy to do it, but. Thank you. I appreciate that. Public service. Yeah. Pickle O Pickler of Worlds. Pickle O Pickler of Worlds says, I just want to say thank you to the most wonderful woman ever. Thank you to my wife on our anniversary. Aww. Congratulations. 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 Happy anniversary. Nice. You tried to, they, they tried to get me on this one, but they didn't do a good enough job. <laughs> so, uh, but I'm going to read it anyway. Rampton says the first chat's name was Night, uh, Nightingale Maury, but did you know that Speechless, <gasps> Controlling Words, Controlling Minds by Michael Knowles is available for pre-order? Also, I got my Tim Foyle Gorilla shirt. Ooh. So I caught it out that one this time because they've been like tricking me into promoting Michael Knowles' book. Yep. I love it. And it's, it's hilarious. That's how, if you're a social media admin, you know. They'll start a thing off with right, like, real right. innocuous things and then they'll slip <laughs> in like, yeah. oh, I'm not going But there. I saw the Tim Foyle Gorilla shirt. Uh, at the end, and I was like, "Okay, they're yeah, buying the Tim Share. Okay. We can we'll shout so out." So Michael Knowles' book, yeah. Speechless, oh yeah, yeah, is on sale for pre-order. It is, yeah. It is. <laughs> so I hear repeatedly. And uh, <laughs> we 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 got we got to figure out what the next uh, uh, you know bit of merch is going to be. We got the our oh, pillow yeah. is posted up right now. So make sure you go to timcast.com, click store if you want to see all the crazy stuff. We got the tinfoil. No, no, the tinfoil grill's gone, but we do have the diamond hands gorilla. We need to make a Doge gorilla one. Yes. yes. Yeah, we need to make. We, we maybe we're, maybe make the head Doge, like the gorilla petting the dog. Oh, no, that no, could no, work. no, like instead of a gorilla, it's just a <laughs> super ripped Doge. Doge. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I like a, that. Doge totally is public different. domain. Let's. It's, it, it's, it's just a cartoon of a Shiba Inu. Yeah, it's just you know? a dog. Yeah. Yeah. To the and and, and, and it'll say to the moon, Space and it'll be a Shiba Doge. Shiba, Mars, yeah. yes. Shiba in a suit. Mm-hmm. I think we can do that. It's got to be wrestling Mars. a gorilla in space. <laughs> yeah, no, no, just like the same art of the gorilla, but now it'll be a Shiba Inu in a suit holding money in a cigar. Yes, maybe I think we could do it. We'll see. All right, let's see some more super chats. Nathan Kearney says, I'm in law school in Ireland. I desperately want to emigrate to America, especially to work with you guys. You guys accepting non-American applicants? Um, I don't know. I know it's really hard to get a visa, or to get a work visa for people. What is it, what is it called? Like the... Green card? No, no, no. no the, the work visas for yeah. non, non-Americans. It's, it's almost impossible because you have to, you have to prove... You have to you have to prove that you need someone like who's not in the United States, right? So like if you're trying to hire someone to do like video ed- editing, you gotta be like, well, only, they they only live here, and I can't hire them here. 
because we don't, but that's really difficult to do. And I, you know, we want to hire people here. That's the, that's, that's what we got to do. Tom Echo says, got my signed Tom McDonald albums the other day. He changed my message a bit, but it reads, Bree, I will do my best to be on the Timcast IRL show this year. And he underlined best. Hell yeah. Well, there you go. <laughs> hey, thanks for that. We'd love to have Tom on the show. That'd yes, be epic. I hope we can. Ernie G says, great guest and cast. This makes me think of jury duty with Pauly Shore. BLM to the Chauvin trial, deep fry. His, yeah. Okay, we'll leave it there. <laughs> His booty. All right. Connor O'Brien said, had anti-AAPI violence call at work today. 1.5 hours. BLM and police brutality against BIPOC mentioned five times. Speakers stated Rodney King riots were systemic, systemically racist against Asian community. Intersectional insanity. Man, you know, look, if it were me, I would just, I would interrupt these and I would accuse everything they say of being racist. Just like, like if they were like, look, you can't, you're not going to get a white person on some, you know, HR department being like, we think that, you know, the, oh, excuse me, I'm actually of Asian descent and I want to point out how racist it is, everything you're saying. And if you continue with this racism, I'm going to file an EEOC complaint. What are they going to do? They're going to be like, uh, we have to do it. Okay, I'm going to be filing the complaint. You, 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 you ignored me. That's the problem with this intersectional insanity. Right. Everyone can basically complain. More people like Tim. Raymond Fields says, I donated to Kim's campaign. Please run again uh, when the time comes. We need more prominent black voices like yours in Congress. Thank you so much for donating. Like, I don't know how so many people across the country were just so interested in helping Baltimore. Uh, I guess, you know, they see the video and they said, you know what? We want to do something. And we kept getting letters, too, with every donation. They're like, I I can't really afford this, but I'm sending you my Aww. last 20 bucks. And, you know, it's like, of course, we're going to keep fighting. Uh, we left some money in the bank so we could fight again. And I definitely appreciate it. You know, hopefully we can get out there soon. But, you know, that's why the pack is important, too. So we can really focus on flipping the house. And what is it? The pack? What's it called? Red Renaissance. And can people go on redrenaissance.com. Yep. And you'll see our candidates there with their bios and then links to their websites. And so you could donate directly to them as well. I saw somebody asking in chat why you guys are promoting these minority figures instead of just like all the good candidates. And I was like, right. we need minority figures to show that everyone is interested in America first. Right. That we're not just, you know, against each other, like on some kind of racial divide. I think it's super important. I'm glad Thank you. you. Yeah. And we, we have some candidates that are, would be considered labeled minorities, but you know, for us, you know, sometimes you got to fight fire with fire, right? Yeah. The Democrats are always going to call the Republican racist if we don't start reaching out to these communities. Tim Scott. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, me, myself, I know someone was asking in the chat, but, you know, I'm, I'm a black woman and I, I felt like I did not get support from the GOP. Mm. And so I know what it feels like. And so that's so why I wanted to get out there and just support, you know, others. And, and we have a lot of good packs that support everybody. Club for Growth is good. Elise Stefanotic has a great pack. Oh, cool. You know, so I, I really do think it's just minorities that are being supported this time around. We're just making sure that everybody is supported and we just get it through and and then focus on taking the White House back in 2024. Yeah. Right on. Jordan says, hey, Tim and crew, I'm wanting to read more. Can you recommend a book that has been influential to you? Also, have you thought about inviting Lucas Botkin of the Trex Arms onto the show? I believe that you will have a great conversation around 2A with him. We will look into him. Um, a book that has been influential to me. There's this, there's there's, there's this, a book series that um, 
It's really, really great. It's just it's 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 meme worthy and it's influential. It's got great characters. It's about this uh, this 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 um, this family, and they have a baby, and then there's this this bad guy, this evil guy. He's a, he's a wizard, and he comes oh. and he wants to kill the baby because of a prophecy. But the spell rebounds and leaves a lightning bolt scar in his head. Hmm. It's one of the greatest book series ever written, and hmm. millennials. It's the only book they can reference, <laughs> so that's why I'm referencing it. <laughs> I, I don't know what you're talking is. about. Oh, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Okay. <laughs> I, I would um, recommend. Jurassic Park the, oh. by Michael Crichton, but then the movie came out, so it might not be the same experience I had. I, I read it before the movie. Okay, movie. I Fantastic really uh, literature. I would I would say so. I can't remember what the book is called, but I read Stephen King's collection of of shorts. I wouldn't call it influential, but I enjoyed Secret Window. The movie very different from the book. Mm. The book was like it's a short story. The the story was like creepy and legit, and the movie was kind of just like okay, hmm. yeah. I think that's how Jurassic Park turned out. Yeah. Yeah. The book was amazing. Yeah. Uh, Just so visceral. Read manga. Read manga. What about you, Kim? Yeah. So I read a lot of autobiographies. Oh, nice. That's kind of what interests me. Believe it or not, I'm not a huge fan of the, the late John McCain, but I loved his book. Not a huge fan. Interesting. Huh? Yeah. What was it about? Just his whole life story. You know, when he went to war. He did. Yeah. life, dude. When he was being waterboarded. Like, when you read about that section alone, you're like, gosh, this guy's been through everything. Yeah. So. All right. Black Czar says, appellate courts bend over backwards to uphold criminal verdicts. Just read some judgments. X was bad, but it wasn't bad enough to have affected the verdict is a, is the common refrain. Mm. And that's in normal cases. Do not expect much for, Sh- for Chauvin. Yeah. No, they're going to be like... We understand that the whole thing was corrupt and crooked, but uh, we're going to throw him in the hole anyway. The Lukewarm Gamer says, last episode you said you don't know if you could kill someone in self-defense because ending a unique human would be hard, would be too hard. That sounds quite pro-life of you. May, uh, maybe you're having a realization. Uh, you mischaracterized what I said. I didn't say that I didn't know if I could kill someone. I said that I would prefer to use the last round in my 12 gauge would be rubber buck to give someone a fair warning, which could put me at risk. But uh, if I have to defend myself and my friends and my family, no question, I won't hesitate. I don't know if you guys have any thoughts. Well, I, one time I, I caught a mouse in my apartment and it was with a glue trap and I didn't realize how horrible those were. And I found the mouse and he basically tried to tear himself off the glue trap and ripped his own leg off trying oh. to get off. And he was suffering and dying. So I had to take him outside and put him out of his misery. And I covered it with a napkin. I got a bag of dirt from the trash, and I just started smashing him. And I just kept, on him, bro. I kept going and going and going and going because I wanted to make sure it was dead to stop his suffering. <clears throat> so I hear these things where, like, a man stabbed a woman 28 times, and you're like, what the? It's because he wanted to make sure she wasn't suffering. Crazy. What? Mm. Crazy what people can become when they when become she killers. she wasn't suffering? No, so they want to kill her. I think... It might be to make sure she's dead, but part of it is to just end, end it as fast as possible. No, 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 no. At least you're, that's you're, what it was for me. Your story is putting a mouse out of his misery. You're right. A I, murderer brutally murdering a woman is like... Could be unrelated. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's just murdering somebody. But, you know, if you got to become that, not I would never suggest it, but, man, when people go into war that when, and you listen to them tell stories afterwards, they yeah. you're not... I mean, you're still human, but... It's hard. Humans are wild animals. All right, Remy says, Tim, I'm a security guard working in Baltimore. Now that they're not prosecuting low-level crime, my job is getting hectic because the crazies know the cops aren't going to come if I call. Glad yeah. to see you, Kim. You had my vote. Aw, thank you, Remy. Yeah, that is, that's the big problem. It's a big problem. And it's so crazy that our state's attorney was just like, well, we just got to get those off the docket. They're wasting our time. 
you know, low level crimes are still crime. And it's crazy to me, but thank you so much. Uh, we got to fight to, to also get her out of office as well, in, in my opinion. And Michael says the Fifth Amendment states no right may be deprived, but through due process, which means rights can be deprived provided it's through due process. I would not want my daughter's rapist to be allowed to possess a gun. I don't like personalized moral arguments about, you know, this person victimized me. Therefore, that should be determination about everyone else's right to Mm -hmm. keep and bear arms. But I understand your point. I just think that justice is supposed to be blind. I don't know if that's the correct understanding of what it means by just being blind. But my understanding is that it's supposed to be that everyone is treated equally under the law. And I think... I guess I guess the issue is a lifetime ban on things I'm not a fan of, but maybe the the issue is I don't know. I think our prison system doesn't actually reform or re- rehabilitate or actually deal with any of the problems of violent offenders. We just lock them up and then say, "Okay, long enough, you're free to go," and it doesn't change anything. It doesn't change the person, and therein lies the bigger problem, I suppose. I don't know if if we're going to argue that this is what you have to do to pay penance to society, but your rights will still be deprived, then we're giving people a life sentence. I was thinking we could put um, like webcams in prisons with the prisoners so that they could communicate with like their friends and family over watch of guard. They can though. What do you mean? Well, just like twenty four, like they'd have time whenever they want. Yeah, like within reason, so that they can talk with like a psychologist, so to keep them sane, healthy, you know, and and hopefully a better person when they finish their sentence. McHatton says, "Have you guys heard of Dark Journalist?" UFOs, Atlanta, CIA, lots of solid info about thing in the present and, th- and past. Trump connected to Nikola Tesla and Vanaver Bush. UFO files are at the center. Interesting. Huh. Cookie Monster says you're really behind on the conspiracy UFO stuff. You have to have on Dr. Stephen Greer to get up to speed with what's really up with UFOs. That is birds. Ooh. Oh, I heard that. Dr. Greer. Yeah, I <laughs> heard that one. Sonny James says, Tim, I disagreeeth. Taxing, any taxing, okay. Anyone making over four hundred k, let Biden. Where, uh, where are these entrepreneurs going to run to? LOL. Look at Jack Ma. Every other country's business married to government. Why shouldn't ours be? Musk learned this too. So we we shouldn't tax people making over four hundred k. I think we should be taxing the rich a lot of money. I just don't. The problem is that's a half baked solution. The government just getting more money doesn't solve any problems. That's also a problem. Right. Not having a bunch of rich people manipulate our elections. And also, I don't I don't understand why people really care about the rich people. I don't get it. Like, oh, no, Bezos, he's got so much money. The wealth tax is stupid. It makes no sense. Don't get me wrong. But it's really weird for me to see people being like, I think Tom Steyer should have more billions of dollars to elect Democratic <laughs> DAs to subvert the, the, the will of the working class and take away our gun rights. I'm like, I, I, I don't. I think I it's it's like wishful thinking. I think they think one day they're going to be the rich, the wealthy, and so they're like, "We don't want this because one day my day will come." <laughs> I don't even I don't I even so. think that either, even honestly, because I know a lot of rich people. They don't care. They're like, "I don't know. I pay taxes," and I'm like, yeah. huh? and they don't care. They're like, "Do when you, like when you have five million dollars and you pay you know two two like two point two million taxes." They're like, "I don't know. I have two million dollars in cash." Well, they don't even look at it. Most of them, the CPA right. handles it. And they say, "This is how much you owe." And they say, yeah, they "Okay." Goodbye. Yeah. Right. So it's weird that, like, we've got a problem with mostly left-wing ultra-billionaires screwing at everything, and it's the conservatives defending them. Yeah, Bloomberg's not a good person. Tom Steyer's not a good person. George Soros' not a good person. The Koch brothers' not fans either, but, you know, they did the Cato Institute, so I'll give them respect for that. 
All right, where are we at? Uh-oh, churning on a shot of pressure. Name changer says, Tim, it's code for help me. They are pressuring me. They got a tape of me with, <laughs> with young Dems. It's not what you think. I'm a good guy. Help. Oh. Reminds me of Rick and Morty. <laughs> when bird person is like, you know that phrase that Rick says, wubba lubba dub dub. That means help. I am depressed or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I'm in Biden pain. was trying to say true international diplomacy through pressure. Mm. True Nanana Shaba. But what, why is there a Shaba? Yeah. Shaba. <laughs> true international. Oh, that's from the sh- national. Okay, okay. True international. Sh- true Nanana? No, it still doesn't make I sense. I don't know, man. Crinson says, I live in Texas and I was seeing if my managers enforced the mask policy. Eight days of not wearing a mask at all. Only one mentioned it one day. Others wear it wrong and nothing. Should I keep going and see where it leads me? You should follow the rules. Follow all the rules. <laughs> follow your local ordinances. Mm-hmm. Noah Zempel says, Tim, you guys are talking about Starship Troopers being possible while dealing with a Starship Troopers administration. Long live Lord Emperor Trump. Uh, not about being possible. I was just making a point that like, the more I see people cheering on Trinidad Shabbat of pressure, I'm like, maybe we need service to guarantee citizenship. But, you know, maybe not. I don't know. Far be it from me. Roger Gregor says, longtime watcher, you all rock. In New York, you can vote as felons as soon as you leave prison. And relief of disability gets some gun rights back. Oh, interesting. I believe it's, is it New Hampshire where you can actually vote while still in prison? Oh. Wow. Yeah. There's like three states that does it. Interesting. Yeah. Natia shall worry no more says I'm a huge conservative, but police need to go and people take responsibility for themselves. The country is going to develop into two no matter what. That's what they want. I think it's better not to fight it and move when the time comes. I feel like the country's breaking apart and the left is screaming defund the police because as soon as the police are gone, the decoupling is instant and conservatives are actually disadvantaging themselves by supporting a decaying a system in decay. And if they it's it's like. Man, the, the far left has already jumped off the cliff. They're, they're, you know, they're, they're base jumping as fast as they can. They got their wingsuit ready to go. And conservatives are holding on, saying like, no, 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 we're not going to go. We're not going to go. It's like, well, they're going to win the race. You know? My concern with what this guy said is that, yeah, like, the getting rid of, was it getting rid of the police or something insinuating that? And then, uh, personal responsibility. Yeah, but I have a feeling you've never been in war. I've never been in war, but I've studied it a lot. And when you see these numbers of like, 17,000 men came from the West with 8,000 dudes on horseback. Your personal responsibility is not going to protect you if we get invaded. You need social order and protection. We, that's, so that's, I mean, that's what policing is, basically. I mean, not for war. Well, last resort, yeah, they would fight. National also. Guard would be deployed. Yeah, but last resort, you'd have like militia and local cops. It's, it's, I don't think war is what you think it is, Ian. Well, I've just been studying a lot of battlefield tactics and maneuver, and it's tens of thousands of, of people moving at once. And, and that, that's like no individual maybe, maybe, can Maybe thousands that. of years ago. Even like a couple hundred the years US, ago. The U.S. The French wins Revolution. Through, yeah, but the U.S. now wins through air superiority. It can decimate through air superiority, but it can only really win by taking But we don't have 10,000 troops marching in the desert, you know, towards the, the Taliban. The Chinese have, have lots and lots we don't, of soldiers. We don't, we don't do that. I mean, in World War II, we actually had U-boats storming the beaches. But in terms of... You, you look at the videos out of Syria, you look at videos from the Middle East, and based on the stuff I've seen in urban conflict, you can walk past a war zone and they're not going to touch you. Like, there are literally people who are, like, carrying baskets of water as bullets are flying. Jeez. 
because they're not a target for the war. I mean, what other choice do you have to? It's still extremely risky. And some of these people often they get hurt. People flee because the collateral damage is so high. But I've been in tons of foreign urban conflict situations where they completely ignore me. I have nothing to do with their conflict. You can get this, this, you know, you you can get hit as a bystander. So you don't want to be there. But I've watched the APCs roll in. You know, and and they, they do their thing, and they ignore you. You're not you're not part of their conflict. That's not true everywhere. Some yeah. places might find out you're an American and then kidnap you because they can use as leverage. But it's not what people think it is. It's, no, I can only imagine modern war. It's never what you think it's going to be. That's yeah. what they tell you. Sam T says, "I'm getting a Dogecoin rocket tattoo Thursday." Cheers from Denver, <laughs> Ian Rocks. Thanks, All right, have fun with that. Yeah. To the moon. Kim Dobbs says, you keep talking about fishing by the river. Why not make a Timcast fishing rod? LOL. Oh. I haven't actually gone fishing in a very, very long time. We got to do that. I think we were talking about growing fish here. Growing Hydro- fish? Hydroponic, is that what it's called? Hi- oh, yeah. Growing the, fish? Like growing them, like in a, in a pond to like, help yeah. clean the water. So, I don't think that's hydroponics. No, it's something it's like that. It's called something like a that. A fishery? Yeah. Yes. Salmon farm? Tracy Bort says, thank you so much for the millions I got from all the coins I found on your laptop when we worked together. I know you've been looking for that machine and that it was wrong of me to not return it to you, but, you know, I actually think the computer might be here somewhere. Yeah, I think it might be. No idea. Nice. Whatever. We'll find it. But, you know, yeah, whatever. Like, I have a whole bunch of applications for when these, all these different currencies popped up, and I was, like, downloading the original apps to run and mine them. Aquaponics. Yes, aquaponics. aquaponics. Yeah. Oh, so cool. Jay Park says, can you have Jordan Peterson on the show? I'd love to have Jordan Peterson on the show, but I think he's trapped in Canada. So Super busy as well. Nicholas Nasty says, crypto will not protect you. They can always print more coins. Silver or gold is the only way to protect your wealth. I wouldn't say only, but uh, absolutely I have gold and silver. Yeah, definitely. I, I've had gold and silver longer than I've had cryptocurrency for obvious reasons. It's been around. But... Uh, I don't have as much gold or silver because it's a lot easier to acquire crypto than it is gold and silver. Mm-hmm. And with, you know, a good crypto, well, I don't know, but a lot of cryptos, there are only a finite number of coins. They'll tell you ahead of time how many they're going to make. You can look at the code. You can look, but they can always fork Bitcoin or something mm-hmm. and there can be some, you know, change made. All right. Timmy Hill says, maybe Tim should take the same advice you give cops and quit YouTube and Twitter in protest of their censorship. If enough people quit, they might change their ways. I guess if we were at the point where the system was completely untenable and I wasn't allowed to criticize the media at all anymore, sure. Like if YouTube came to me and said, from now on, you're only allowed to say things that support progressives and you can't say any of your, any, any, any opinions that are pro-conservative, I'd be like, okay, I quit. You know, like, what if, I'd leave. What if they said, no matter, don't worry, everything's fine. And then they demonetized your video. And then the next time they're like, we're not going to do that anymore. And then they demonetized you again and again and again. And they kept telling you, we're not going to get gaslighting. We're not going to demonetize you. What but you they mean? kept demonetizing you. How long before you leave? Like a day? Yeah. That's what these going on with these cops. They, they keep making arrests and the people are getting let go. It's and like, they keep going back to work. Like, and they're told like, hey, yeah. do your job. I'll keep putting my hand in the fire and it'll, it'll, it won't burn. Yeah. So the, right now the problem is. The situation police in these big cities are in is that they're basically enforcing the law that only ever gets applied against regular people, people who want to go to church, people who want to open their business, conservatives and Antifa, except for, you know, the most extreme offenders are getting cut loose over and over again, even when they admit they attacked a federal officer. So if it got to the point where no matter what you do, you're only empowering lunatics, then you stop. 
However, on this show and on my social media, I actually do the opposite of that. So I'm actually heavily critical of the media establishment and able to do so. So I think it's not the same at all. Dennis Gregerson says, Kim Klasik as VP. Would she? I think it would be great. <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> <laughs> On whose ticket? Oh, that's a good question. Yeah. Who are your top three? I love Governor Ron DeSantis. Yes. I honestly, I, I thought Governor Ron DeSantis and Senator Tim Scott ticket would be a good one. Yeah, I think that'd be great. Uh, but yeah, I don't know who else, honestly. We gotta have some better front runners in the Republican Party. Yeah. I mean, obviously the Democrats don't have any money, but sometimes I look at ours and I'm like, who do we have? You know. All right. Bill P says the notice came out this morning. The transition from the swift financial system to the quantum financial system has now been completed. Ian should be thrilled. Dude. Is that true? I don't know, but I'm looking it up right now. Thank you. Interesting. The quantum financial system? Wow. That sounds good. All right, let's see. We'll just do a we'll do a, a couple more maybe. Ideology says Ideology says, glad to see Kim on. As for Doge, it's an inflationary coin. It has no cap. It will most likely mimic cash if fully adopted. You all really need to get a crypto expert on like George from Crypto R Us. P.S. Ideology to the moon. Um, Max Kaiser and Stacy. You guys know Max and Stacy. Um, when are they coming on? Next Monday. Next Monday. Yeah. Max and Stacy are awesome. They are, they are great people. I'm going to be very excited and we're going to talk all about all this stuff and uh, it should be interesting. Yeah. So, uh, but I'm pretty sure they'll have a similar opinion of like Doge's trash. You know? <laughs> yeah. I don't think Max doesn't like a lot of the altcoins. Interesting. Uh, I'm going to go deep. He doesn't, he doesn't call them altcoins either. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have an idea of what he might call them. Yep. <laughs> All right. Let's see. Roberto Duran says, love your energy and attitude. Kimberly, we need you in government. Oh, thank you. I, I feel like I'm like halfway here tonight just because I have like the oh, allergies sorry. are so bad. But um, no, I really appreciate it. Uh, you know, hopefully, you know, like I said, I'll, I'll work through 22 and we'll still try to make some ground in grassroots efforts and, and hold a, you know, 24. You never know what's going to happen. Uh, but obviously, we got to still keep chipping away on the ground no matter what. Yeah. But I do appreciate the vote of confidence. Elijah Zapata says, Candace Owens just asked Trump if she can be his running mate on her show. I saw that. Is that true? <laughs> I saw it, but he said, I have an announcement coming up, and that's all he said to her. Oh. Wow. Was she, yeah. was she seriously? Like, or was it like, looked no, pretty what? serious. Wow. I, but you know what? Who knows? I, I don't know if Candace would be serious about running yeah. for You know what I mean? I don't know. All right. Silently in Atlanta says, Tim. May I thank you for promoting Doge. I've tripled my force because of you. I'll get a gorilla shirt when it reaches five times. Love, Kim. You are Baltimore's new hope. It's what the dark side lacks. New notion I learned is requisite variety. May the fourth be with you. <laughs> well, I'm not trying to promote Doge so much as just like talking about what's going on. But yeah. Well, my friends, if you haven't already, please smash that like button and subscribe to this channel. And more importantly, share the show with your friends if you really do like it. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at TimCastIRL where we have clips and you can share those. Really easy to share. They're short snippets. So we have a really one that went really uh, got, a, got a ton of shares is James O'Keefe explaining how to how to win and fight back and stand up for what you believe in. These are the kind of messages I think people need to hear, I guess. Give some hope, but also it's a much simplified version of the things we talk about. There might be like a three-minute clip where we talk about a certain idea. So check out Facebook.com, Facebook.com slash TimCastIRL. You can help by sharing a lot of these clips and, you know, helps the show. But go to TimCast.com, become a member. We're going to have an exclusive members-only segment coming up at about 11 p.m. tonight. We put them up every night. 
and a lot more shows to come as we build out the website. Totally new design coming soon. A news team uh, is, is gonna, we're going to be setting up a newsroom and doing all this really cool stuff. So I uh, I appreciate all of you guys being members. You can follow me everywhere at TimCast. My other channels are YouTube.com slash TimCast, YouTube.com slash TimCastNews. And we do this show live Monday to Friday at 8 p.m. Do you have anything you want to shout out, Kim? Yeah. Uh, if you can, go to the PAX website, redrenaissance.com. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter, Kim K. Baltimore, Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook is Kimberly Clasic. And yeah, hopefully we'll start doing some more stuff in the future. And I just want people to understand, like, don't give up hope. You know, in 2008, we were kind of in the same position. We lost the Senate. We lost the House. We lost the White House. But, you know, we came back strong with someone like President Trump. So I think we could do it again. Right on. Thank you. Um, hey, com- confirmation, the SWIFT rebranded as Quantum Financial SWIFT. Hmm. I think oh. they may be looking to use time crystals to transmit information. <laughs> yeah, check out time crystals, everyone. Interesting. It's going to blow your mind. Uh, you can also follow me at iancrossland.net and at Ian Crossland along social media channels. Great to, great to see you, Ken. Um, good to do this. Thank you. And I am going to have to go investigate these time crystals being used for the monetary <laughs> system. I am Sarah Patchlitz on Twitter. You guys must join me in my quest to have more followers and Sarah Patch Kids on Twitter. We'll see you all over at TimCast.com. Thanks for hanging out. Bye, guys. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Jumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Jumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.